0: And good morning, it is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark, he is Griffin, and of course uh, Charles, our uh, new spring intern, is here as well, and I still haven't come up with a nickname for him. I was thinking about, there's two famous, so Charles' last name is Greer, there's two famous athletes that I thought of whose last name was Greer. There's of course Hal Greer, the basketball Will, player. Will Greer? No, I was not thinking of, uh, uh, of, of one time West Virginia quarterback Will Greer. I was thinking of two that had kind of well-known nicknames or, or fun names. Will is a very common name. Of course, Hal is not much of a name. Um, once upon a time, the uh, Texas Rangers had an outfielder, and I harassed him a few times at baseball games when I was a kid. His name was Rusty Greer. I don't think Charles would want us to call him Rusty. I just don't think that would be the name, uh, although I believe Rusty is still in the Navy, for the record, for those of you, neither of you get that. That's fine. I accept my age. It's what it is. So there's that one. The baseball player still in the Navy? Rusty's Is Rusty still in the Navy is a line from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's a very uh, famous film. Okay. One of these days. One of these days. There is also, of course, the legendary Rosie Greer, um, who played for the Giants and the Rams and was a three-time All-Pro and I believe went on to an acting career afterwards. And Rosie's a cool name. I do like that. I don't know how I felt yet. I'm still working on it, Charles. You can you can give input if you'd like, but typically it's going to be one that I just sort of choose that just feels right is normally the way this works when it comes to these this things. This only
1: thing's, makes me think of a teacher I had in high school that gave me the nickname Like first week of school would call me Charles in Charge for the whole- Charles in world. Charge, right. And the, the, that frustrated me so much. Yeah,
0: I don't love that one. I don't I don't love Charles in but Charge. Yeah, that goes the off record. the like, pop yeah.
1: culture, TV kind of- all right, it oh,
0: is right. Uh, the f- it is a very famous television program, of course. Charles in Charge, so that's not bad. All right, uh, Charles is around today, learning the, the board, so that uh, he could be a backup should uh, Griffin unfortunately perish one morning in a fiery auto-, auto accident. You might say to yourself, well, wouldn't you cancel the show that day? No, the show must go on, and Griffin understands that. Yeah, this is not a this is not a, a, a football game on a Monday night situation. <laughs> this is a. <laughs> If Griffin were to perish terribly, I mean, just just in a horrible fire, burned beyond any recognition, it would be sad. But we would have a show to do. And I mean, I would, that's the way it I, goes. I would want you to go on, Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Griffin. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, what could be better than a primetime wildcard matchup between the Ravens and Bengals? While well, cashing in on the action with great sports betting promos. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers and bet $20 with BetMGM. If the Ravens or the Bengals – Score one touchdown, you will win $200. I'm going to read that sentence again. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers and bet $20 with BetMGM. If the Ravens or the Bengals score a touchdown, you'll win $200. Yep. You win $200 on a $10 bet. If either team scores a TD, I don't think that's. We got to double check that and make sure we have that fact right because unfortunately the person that sent me this wrote two different numbers on that and I didn't proofread it. It's a little bit on me. I'll give you that. It's a little bit on me for not proofreading it, but it's more on John Colson. <laughs> I'm going to call you out by name, John. We got to work on that. I'll be the one. I'll just go ahead and wander over right now. Pressboxonline.com slash offers because I'm a hero. That's that's what I am, if nothing else. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Let's see. Bet MGM. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Click here. Click here. Let's see what we get. Nah, it's not telling me. All right, John. We're going to have to get you to answer this. Please text John. Please, please do me a favor. All right. Just send him a picture of that first read. Say, hey, there's two different numbers right there. One says $20, the other says $10. We need to know which one is correct so we can make sure we get that right. Again, should have proofread. Professionals proofread. Admit that. I am not. I am a semi-professional. That's just the way that it goes. All right, uh, coming up on the program today, uh, Biff Pogey is going to join us. You know Biff, of course, a longtime coach at Gilman and St. Francis. Then uh, he left to be an assistant at Michigan And now he has his first ever college football head coaching job as uh, Biff is going to be the head coach at Charlotte, the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, the Charlotte 49ers. will talk to uh, Biff Pogey about moving into the college football head coaching ranks a little bit later on this hour. Former Raven Bryant McKinney scheduled to join us this morning. The big man, I love Bryant McKinney, man. He was one of my favorites when he was here. Um, hell of a tennis player. He's actually the reason why I got to spend 20 seconds with Serena Williams once because uh, they were uh, very close when they were uh, younger. Bryant McKinney is not only celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Ravens winning Super Bowl 47, but also Bryant McKinney is joining us because he was announced yesterday for induction to the College Football Hall of Fame. So we will look forward to catching up with him about that. And also it's Tuesday, so we'll talk some college hoops with our buddy Patrick Stevens. Maryland got a nice win On uh, Sunday, while you were not watching, because it was the exact same time as the Ravens game, uh, they beat Ohio State. So just when things were not trending in the right direction for Maryland, they get a very solid win. They get a week off uh, this week before they return to action this weekend. So we'll talk to Patrick Stevens about the Terps and more. That's all coming up here on a Tuesday edition of GCR. Good news for your pal, Glenn. Good news last night. My, oh, my. Not as good as news as it was for Griffin. Everything's coming up Griffin I know, better. I had, a, I had a pretty good, pretty Griffin good weekend, not only good clinched night. the uh, the bowl pick'em contest. Kind of, a, weren't you a game in front going in? Yeah. Kind of stupid that your buddy didn't jump like assume that you would pick Georgia, he- especially since you know that that information is available on the interwebs. Like, he claimed he didn't know how to log back into his ESPN account. Well, that just kind of makes him an idiot. It does, it there's does. not a yeah, whole lot yeah, I can do. I agree. About I, agree. I, believe, He's an idiot. I believe there's <laughs> like a way to go about retrieving your password, the whole thing. I think it's just like any other website in the world. They can get you in when you need to get in. Um, he probably should have switched to TCU. Now, he would have lost anyway, to be clear. But at least he would have had a fighting chance. And when it was 10-7 for a second, yeah. he probably would have thought to himself, Hey, you know, i gotta got to punch his chance here. Um, wouldn't have lasted. <laughs> wouldn't have lasted. It was obviously quite one-sided. And went honestly about the way that I thought it was going to go. Maybe I didn't think that it was going to be 65-7. to But, you know, I, I said I thought this looked like a blowout. This matchup just wasn't favorable to TCU. Um, the, the things that they did with success against Michigan, they weren't going to be able to do with success against Georgia. Now, what I didn't see was that... I mean, they they couldn't even put up semi-resistance defensively to Georgia. They couldn't even put up anything that resembled um, some sort of defense whatsoever against Georgia. I, I there's nothing more to say about this. Like the people, I, this is what happens when we have a boring championship game. Is people try to do the bit like, well, is Georgia one of the all-time great teams? No, they're not. They they should have lost the semifinal game. If Marvin Harrison doesn't get hurt, they lose the semifinal. If a kid. Doesn't look like the most nervous kicker in the history of humanity. They lose the semifinal. No, they're not one of the greatest teams of all time. Last year's Georgia team probably was better than this year's Georgia team, but the you know difference being that last year's Georgia team lost, right? So we don't talk about them that way. Um, this was a a very worthy national champion. You can try to have some debate about would somebody else have given Georgia a better game? Well, there's a you have a playoff for a reason, right? Like that, it is goofy that they stacked it the way that they did, that they they didn't do the Michigan-Ohio State game in the semifinals when they had the opportunity to. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't have done that to try to create what would have been the most anticipated semifinal of all time. But I don't really have an issue with the seating at all, like, even a little bit. I did think it was a little unfair to Georgia they had to play Ohio State first when I think everybody knew Ohio State was a better overall team than TCU was. Now... Again, as it turns out, TCU earned their way. Like, they deserve to be there. They beat Michigan. They beat an undefeated conference champion in order to get into the championship game. It was just a really bad matchup. Terrible, terrible matchup. And kind of ballooned from there. Like, at some point, you're so deflated. The score is 65 to 7. But is Georgia really 58 points better than TCU, or are they 30 points better than TCU, and then TCU just kind of gave up? Who knows? It was a terrible matchup for TCU. And it's a bummer because the semifinals were so good that it would have been nice for the championship game to have been competitive as well. So that was a bummer. That that there's nothing else to say about it. There's no big grand statement to make, but it was an awful game. Now Griffin not only won our bowl pick'em contest, but also last night's Georgia win clinched his uh, gratuitous grouping that's, from that's right, last Thursday's right. show. Which was at plus 1,200 odds. And how much
2: American dollars did you put on it? I put $10 on it.
0: So, so. it was another 120, uh, 120 bucks in, bucks. in yeah. your pocket. Absolutely. So you walked away with nearly $400 last yeah. night.
2: Yeah. It was, a, it was a good night. It was a good weekend to be betting with Griffin. Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm. I really don't know how this happened after you stunk in bowl picks for like the first week. I
2: have no idea. I think I, finished, I I finished. was counting it this morning. And I was like, oh, I finished 24 and 6 in the last 30 bowl games. It's, uh, it's not bad. Yeah. A, little, yeah. bit a <laughs> little bit of a heater. A little bit of a heater. So that's the good news. The bad news is for
0: one John Proctor. Ooh. Because not only does John Proctor fall out of first place in our uh, picks contest for the year, he's now a game behind myself, who's again killing it. 79 and 84 on the year, baby. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, he uh, now sits a game back at 78 and 85. Uh, making matters worse for him. He did agree to be in on the side bet this week, and
2: thank God he did.
0: Because otherwise I would have to be the one where my it would just be me.
2: I think K I think K Z was. Oh, K Z yeah, and I, I were KZ
0: tied. That's been right. Been KZ yeah. and I would have been tied at four and five each. Instead, John Proctor at three and six is the sole loser for the week and by the way Wednesday is John. tomorrow is John Proctor's birthday so I was really hoping maybe he could come in tomorrow and do this as like a birthday we will see but John Proctor will be the one that will have to consume the pork and beans um, a popsicle so Griffin you'll have to work with him on that yeah. and when he can come in and see if we can't get that taken care of for him because I can't wait for that <laughs> Now that I know it's not me, I'm very excited about it. He did, like, I, I saw John Proctor at the Trivia last night, and he was like, yeah, of all the punishments, this isn't so bad. I'm like, I don't know, dude. It's a whole popsicle. Like, if it was just taking a bite, okay, fine. you got to eat the whole popsicle. Yeah. like
2: what, I guess, so it's, would you rather
0: be covered in mayo? No, or? the answer is always, I, I don't think people understand the covered in mayo. I had m- mayo in my grundle for, like, three days. Should we rank the punishments at the end of the season? I'm good with that. We can <laughs> rank the punishments at the end of the year. I don't even remember all of them at this point. Like this. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Bring Charles back up
1: for a second. Yes. I felt like this one was pretty mild. That's why I, I got in on it. I was like, "Oh, a popsicle. It's like. a whole popsicle of but pork like, and beans. Think about all the things that could be in a popsicle that would make it worse. I don't know, dude. I don't there know, could be bu- man. You could freeze bugs and put them uh, in. Uh, that's what the yeah. uh
0: their, again, the the loser of the year's got to consume the worm burger. And for the record, that is still in doubt. Four game separation. As uh, we head into the playoffs, as last night was unfortunate for Andrew Stecka, who had a chance to really get back into it, but he was on uh, TCU side. The good news for him is so was Paul Valley, so he remains just four games behind Paul Valley. The bad news, because I would like to see Kyle Ottenheimer be the one personally, I would love to see that. Uh, Kyle was on Georgia, so Kyle re-separates, and he's six games clear. He's now closer to the top of the table than the bottom of the table, which is a real bummer for me, personally. I would have really liked to have seen Kyle be the loser, but that seems unlikely. It seems like it's now a two-horse race after a disastrous one-and-eight week for Paul Valley. It seems like it's a two-horse race between Paul and Andrew Steck at the bottom of the table to be the one that's got to eat the worm burger and uh, do all that other stuff. But yes, a blowout last night in the championship game as uh, Georgia crushes TCU. I don't really have a lot else to cover. John Harbaugh was, of course, evasive when asked about Lamar Jackson yesterday. We will find out tomorrow. It will be the most anticipated Ravens practice maybe of all time, which is a very low bar. I mean, imagine you can't name any other practice that you're looking forward to from the Baltimore Ravens. My God. This will probably be the most anticipated practice, and we'll have heavy attendance from both local and national media, if I had to guess, Because it'll be the first time that somebody will be able to walk in and say, we see Lamar Jackson on the practice field or not when we think there's a real chance. If tomorrow's a big day, it's not a guarantee that if Lamar Jackson doesn't practice tomorrow that he couldn't play on Sunday. But it would seem like if all of this sort of conjecture that we've heard, that he's been... Ian Rappaport is on Pat McAfee yesterday talking about how Lamar is telling people that he's going to be playing in the playoffs. If that's the case... Why wouldn't he be on the practice field on Wednesday of the week leading up to the playoff game? So, big day tomorrow. There's not a whole lot else to say. We'll, I, I, we won't have an answer. The other thing I'd say is just because he's out there tomorrow doesn't guarantee that he'll play. Again, this goes back to the, what we've heard from Rappaport in the last 24 hours leans more to the idea that this is more about the Ravens not feeling good about it than Lamar. Like, a lot of people would go the other way. Like, the team thinks he could play, but Lamar doesn't. That's not what Rappaport's saying. What Rappaport's saying is closer to Lamar wants to go play, but the Ravens, having sort of seen what he's looked like in therapy and seen what he's looked like in the trainer's room, they're not so confident that he can play in this football game. So, you know, Lamar could say, I I don't care, it's the playoffs. Even if I'm not 100%, I'm going to go for it, but... I don't I don't I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. It's not a guarantee that even if he's on the practice field tomorrow that he doesn't realize on Thursday like, "Nah, I I can't do this." Like I I want to, but I physically can't go out and and play the way that I need to play in order to be effective. So, tomorrow's a big day, but it's not a guarantee. Tomorrow is just our first real like genuine information that we have in the conversation, and then from there we'll have to keep monitoring it day by day to see if Lamar Jackson will play. If, if they make him available to the media tomorrow, which I'd be very surprised by, but if they make him available to the media, I would say that reflects an extraordinary amount of confidence that he would be playing. I don't expect them to make him available to the media. I think at best, if he stacks a couple of practices, then they'd make him available to the media on Friday. <laughs> Like at that point, they would have more of an amount of confidence that he's going to play and make him available to the media on Friday. So that's sort of my guess about the Lamar Jackson thing. A continued weirdness out of Cincinnati yesterday, like where their fans, the fanalist types, the guys that aren't really like media members as much as they are. And we know a lot of these types in in Baltimore, people that are that are fans of the team, that have earned or bought blue check marks on Twitter and have managed to get attention because of it, are trying to create some amount of controversy. The one that was really bizarre to me. There were two that were pointed out. This guy, what is this guy's name? Joe Goodberry is this guy's name that everybody's reacting to. And I he's apparently a popular figure within Cincinnati Twitter. He does a YouTube show. I mean, he's a fan. He's a fan that's gotten a following on Twitter. Shared out two particular videos that were trying to suggest that there was something... I don't know if he was trying to make it dirty. I don't know what he was trying to say. So, one, he shares the play. He says, this is the play where Tyler Boyd had to be evaluated for a concussion. Roquan Smith sees he's not getting up, takes the ball, nods his head in approval, and throws the ball at Jamar Chase as trainers run onto the field. And when you read that, you're like, oh, my God, did that, did that happen? Like, that seems crazy. Holy crap. So how did I miss that, right? You go, you watch the play. You're like, all right, let me see here. All right, well, okay, Roquan Smith does get up, and he, he kind of high-fives someone, and then he does kind of weirdly flip. Okay, so it's not at all what you're describing in the video. <laughs> Um, there's clearly no world in which Roquan Smith knows that Tyler Boyd is, is down for the count on this play. Like, if you watch this video, there's no world in which Roquan Smith is, has evidence that Tyler Boyd is potentially really hurt here at all. Like, that doesn't exist. He just gets up and is looking the other way. <laughs> no idea what's going on with Tyler Boyd behind the play. He does, oddly, and I pointed this out, it is weird. He gently flips the ball up in the air. Not There's no official there. So he's not flipping the ball back to an official. He does gently flip the ball up in the air towards Jamar Chase, which, again, is weird. Like, I'll give you that. That's weird. You don't see that much. You don't see players toss the ball to another player. In no way does he throw the ball. He throws the ball at Jamar Chase. I, I mean, I guess you could squint and suggest that's what's happening here, but you would need to provide the context of, in no anger whatsoever.
2: It almost looked like he was trying to give him the ball. That's exactly,
0: yeah. like, it's, again, it's weird. Like, that's what I walked, looked at. I'm like, I don't know what happened here. I don't know why <laughs> Heroquan Smith gently flipped the ball up in the air towards Jamar Chase, but he did. It's weird. I'm not sure what, what are you bothered about by that? Like, what is the malice involved? If I, at, like right now, if I said, you know, I was walking out of the room and I flipped this microphone cover towards you, would you be angry about that? Or would you be like, that's, that's weird? Yeah, I think I, that's I, very weird. It's weird. <laughs> and I'm giving you that. Cincinnati, it's weird that Roquan Smith gently flipped the ball up in the air towards Jamar Chase. I don't know why he did that. There is absolutely no world in which it's dirty or cheap or there's some sort of malice involved. It's just weird. I don't know. I don't know if the guys have been John and they were just having fun. Like, I don't know. What that's all about? I couldn't explain it, and and nor do I think it requires an investigation because it's such a nothing that who could possibly care? Who could care that Roquan Smith flipped the football in the air? Charles, you played a lot of football.
1: You ever seen anybody just sort of t- gently toss a football in the air towards another player during a game? It's it's weird to me. Yeah, this amab- immediately made me think of. So I was a I was a gunner on the punt team. Okay, Stevenson. And literally every time that the punt returner did not feel the ball. And uh, Charles, it down, do me a favor. you got to re- get that microphone closer to you. Every so. time the punter wouldn't feel the ball and I would have to go, like, down it, yeah. I would pick up the ball and hand it right at the punt returner, not the ref. I would, you would hand either it to toss it or hand it to really? the punt returner to let them know, like, I'm here. And that's what Roquan Smith's doing. Like Okay jamar chase no I'm i've here. never noticed this before i've and never noticed this, this doesn't really merit a tweet especially it doesn't merit anything it's such it, a nothing at the end when he says ash trainers run on the field right Rokon smith's walking away from Correct. tyler board and the trainers it's and so tosses in the ball as he's rolling on the ground like he doesn't even see it
3: like it's he
0: clearly has nothing to do with tyler boyd at all like nothing it's so bizarre it's such a weirdo thing to um the tweet about there was another one where he said uh he points out i think it was daryl worley and i don't remember which of the bengals receivers it was he says everyone's checking on the two guys on the turf after a big hit everyone except for roquan smith roquan smith on this particular play that he sent out, um is excited about daryl worley breaking up the play and comes over to the to, the to, to give him a pat on the back and then after he realized that daryl worley's down now he's like oh okay let's make sure he's all right there's nothing there like at all there's nothing it's such weirdo behavior that's going on in cincinnati where
1: they're trying to make it seem like there was some sort of like this was bounty gate or something if anything now looking at the video boyd goes on the stick route he catches the ball turns around makes a football move and fumbles it and Rokon smith just gets up and acts as if it's an incompletion he could have Picked up the ball and ran with it, and they probably call it a fumble. I don't think they would have ruled it. I don't think they would have ruled it a fumble. I think I remember I Because it is pretty far, and he could have been juggling it, but he yeah. definitely turns around and makes a football it, move after he catches it's it. It's just there's so much weird here where I don't – this is what I talk about.
0: And, by the way, this is just fans, right? Like this has nothing to do with the actual team itself. But I noticed the emotion. It was so weird on Sunday. and When I talk about the idea that, like, there's a chance they could be deflated – and I don't know at all. I'm not in Cincinnati. I couldn't speak through this whatsoever. But I just wonder, like, how amped they were for this? How much this they they convinced themselves of the us against the world thing? Because they were the real victims of what happened with Damar Hamlin, you know, collapsing on the field. And I, I'm tr- somebody brought it up to me. Somebody who's a more reasonable Cincinnati fan said. The way this team has been playing, everyone in this city was convinced they were going to win the football game. And if you were in those shoes and you genuinely believed that you were going to win that game and it was going to set you up better for the postseason because you did, you might be able to understand a little bit of the disappointment that comes along with having that opportunity taken away from you. And to a minimal extent, I would say... I get it. I also think that that would be washed. I'd like to hope that most of us could be adults about this and understand that you're not the victims here. It's it's weird, it's it's gross, it's it's I don't even know how to put put it into words. It's bizarre. The the idea that the Ravens were dirty on Sunday is even more bizarre. It genuinely comes off like you were supposed to just not try because you didn't play a lot of your starters and were infuriated that you were trying. How dare you try after you rested your starters? That's the way it comes off, and that's the way it felt as the game was going on. It felt multiple times like they were pissed off that the Ravens were trying. Just let us win. Just let us get this thing over with. Let it be a preseason football game that we just win because we got up 17 to nothing and be on with it. It was very weird. I don't know. I don't know if it will impact them. One, they might just be able to keep a chip on their shoulder. They might be able to keep this, you know, Napoleon complex of everybody hates us. We're the real victims of what happened last Monday. They might be able to keep that up for a month. I mean, teams have used dumber things to try to get a chip on their shoulder. You ever met Steve Smith? Steve Smith, you could say hello to him in the morning, and he would somehow use that to motivate him for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah, hello? Hello, huh? Is that what we're doing now? Hello? This, this a-hole said hello. I mean, he was he was insane. I mean, we know that. We all remember Steve Smith. There were things that I said that Steve Smith would try to use to be angry about that were not innocuous. I one time said on the radio, somebody called and said, hey, do you think they're going to use Steve Smith more on the inside or the outside? And I said, verbatim, I don't know how they're going to use Steve Smith yet because I haven't been out to see it. That got back to Steve Smith. And he went on Twitter pissed off I don't know how they're going to use Steve Smith. Like I was saying, he couldn't play. He was crazy, but it worked for him. It worked. It uh, Clearly, he was as angry and as motivated and as whatever you want to say as any player maybe in the history of football. It worked. That mentality worked for him, and maybe the Bengals can keep that up for a little while, despite the fact that there is nothing to it. Or maybe it was all there for a week, and one week later when you got to play the exact same team and you've kind of fired your bullets on the NFL hates us, well, now it worked out fine. You didn't have to do a coin flip. You got to host the playoff game. So now what? I just wonder if that leads to an amount of letdown, if it leads to emotionally being difficult to be as on edge as they appeared to be last week. And I don't know, and we can't speak to it. Our buddy Rocky Boyman will join us again later on this week. He played in this league. We'll get I'll get i ask him what he thinks about that. It's just it has continued to jump out to me in the 48 hours, Now, not quite 48 hours, since this football game was played. It's all so weird. Like it's just so weird what's going on in Cincinnati. And maybe what we saw yesterday from some of their fans is has not maybe like the 48 hours removed. If, like, we walked in and asked Joe Burrow, like, did you think there was something going on with this play? He would be like, no, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It was fine. They were out there playing football. Like, what in the hell would we be mad about? I don't know. I don't know those answers. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Bring it. You make a
1: good point because, like, you always hear, like, the quarterbacks have to find that motivation, Mm -hmm. find that chip on their shoulder. Joe Burrow's not thinking of this as like I can't more I'm hate towards the Ravens. Yeah, he already probably already hates the Ravens. Sure. And opponent. it's a playoff game, and they will And by the way, they're really good, and I'm worried about that because they're really good. But if you asked him, he'd probably say, Roquan Smith made a good football player. Right. He's a football player. He's a hell of a football player. That's what it is. <sighs>
0: there is only one more week for you to take advantage of this great deal we've been offering with the Ginsu Kamado Grill. Use the code TAILGATE at GinsuGRILLS.com, and you'll save $100 when you pre order your Ginsu Kamado Grill. The perfect ceramic home grill or tailgate for searing, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Again, ginsugrills.com. This is the final week. Use the code TAILGATE. SAVE $100. A pleasure now to be joined here on GCR by a Baltimore football legend. This man, of course, you know, from Gilman, from St. Francis. And now he is the head coach at Charlotte, as uh, next season will be his first season as a head coach at the collegiate level. It's a pleasure for us to welcome into the program Coach Biff Pogey, who's with us on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. I know you're up early out on the West Coast. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning.
4: Well, I'm actually back on the East Coast, oh. so uh, not that early, but uh, pleasure to be here.
0: Well, I apologize. I got some bad information then, Coach. I apologize <laughs> for that. Hey, I just before we get into all of this, I just wanted to get your sense, because I, I, I emotionally... I know there's a lot of different ways that people take this when you come up short. And I know that there was a lot of disappointment because you guys played a hell of a game in the semifinals, but are you the type that like is rooting for the team that beat you? Like I want that team to go all the way, or are you completely disconnected the moment that game is over and you don't care at all about what happened last night between Georgia and TCU? Well, you
4: know, usually completely disconnected, but since, um, one of my former players, uh, Actually, two of them played at Georgia. Okay. Uh, one was a starting uh, middle linebacker. One's a reserve receiver. I was rooting for Georgia, and uh, but usually disconnected.
5: Okay.
0: It's, so it's that, and none of that stuff matters to you. Like, dude, we we lost, so the game. Who cares at this point, right?
4: Like, yeah, no, yeah, I get right, that. No. I completely get that.
0: Hey coach, can you take me back? Um, you know, we've, we've followed you, we've covered you, we've been around you for a long time. When was the first time in all of this, your football life that you thought to yourself, Hey, I might like to do this at a higher level. I might like to take another step in my coaching career.
4: Well, I think, uh, you know, I started out as a, as a college assistant when my playing career was over and, uh, But when my wife, uh, uh, Amy and I, um, was starting a family, you know, I decided I didn't want to work those hours and be away from the kids, uh, all the time as college coaches, you know, you're up early in the morning and you're home late at night and when you have little people in the home, that's kind of really not a, not a life that uh, she and I want to do to live, um. So, you know, I thought that uh, very happy doing the high school thing. I loved it. I uh, really loved it. And then when our youngest child kind of got, uh, you know, through high school, I thought, um, well, you know, maybe somebody will call and give me a chance. And but it wasn't wasn't too, uh it wasn't until just recently that I was prepared to do it.
0: What what changed? What when you say it wasn't until recently? What what was it that made you say okay now now I'm ready for
4: this? Just not having children in the house. That's you know, it. Not having. Okay. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah.
0: Okay. You when that happens, do you become aggressive about like trying to reach out for jobs, or is it more like no? Have, I
4: no, I never reached out for a job ever. Um, I was always called by various institutions and um, and. Uh, and then, you know, you kind of get in the interview process and it's a little bit like, uh, you know, it, it, it's a little bit like dominoes when the first one calls you, you know, uh, um, th- then they tend to, tend to follow on. But, but I think if you, if you're a coach and you're calling for jobs, um, not a good sign and probably not going to get sure, one. Sure. Um, so I understand last, last year, um, Connecticut called and went way far in the process with them. Actually, um, uh was a finalist, finished second to Jim Mora, who's done a really good job there. And then this year, uh, it started with um, kind of a number of other big Power 5 schools. And uh, But the Charlotte job is just incredibly interesting. I mean, the town is interesting. The program's brand new. It's really 10 years old. The facilities are incredible. Uh, the town is dying for a big-time college football program. It just fit like a glove. So, very happy to be there.
0: I, I want to talk to you about Charlotte, if I could. There were some there were some rumors floating around that perhaps you were involved in conversations with Towson at one point. Is there anything you could tell us about that?
4: Oh yeah, I've talked to Towson. Uh, you know, I would say probably uh, did. You know, talk to the. Um, Former athletic director there and uh, an alumni had called me and um, people wanted to, I think, to have me come back from Michigan to Towson and um, and you know Towson the guy they hired will do a great job it just wasn't wasn't a right fit for me
0: and, and obviously this is a pretty good opportunity to be at the highest level at the FBS level as well I can understand right. that Biff Pogey is with us he's the new head coach at Charlotte. Um, coach, so let, let's talk about that job, right? Let's talk about Charlotte because I, I think a lot of people maybe are not or not familiar with the opportunity there, um, and and what Charlotte has been trying to trend towards becoming. We saw Maryland take a trip down there this year and play at Charlotte. What is it that made this so unique of an opportunity to you? That when you you only get one first chance to be a head coach at this level, why was it the one that you said, yeah, that's that's the spot? It's,
4: well, I think you hit the nail on the head. You only get one first uh, shot at it, and Charlotte is uh, unlike any place else that I interviewed with or that was pursuing me. Um, and there were some great names, um, but 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 I would just say that that Charlotte is a blank canvas. You know, if you, if you're a if you're a football person and you're a you, you like building things. Um, Charlotte's like being a painter and having a blank canvas with very little uh, on it. And you can kind of try to make it in your own image. And so that was very, very attractive to me. You know, it's only this is only the uh, 11th year of the program. I'm the third head coach. Uh, they want to be really, really, really good. The school wants to be good the town is dying for major college football. And, uh, you know, the, the movers and shakers, there are completely behind the program. It just is, uh, it is wildly exciting. And the other thing is, you know, in recruiting, like our hit rate, you know, usually in recruiting, you know, if you, you kind of got to recruit five guys to get one, you know, sometimes even more, um, when we get people on campus, it is it is almost a hundred percent continuously it's it's amazing
0: we are we're already a little bit nervous around these parts because we've already seen that you've made an <laughs> impact uh, locally in getting kids to to decide to come down to Charlotte that maybe um we wouldn't mind if they stuck around uh, around here. Are you feeling that I mean we know that you are a beloved figure here, and everybody there's an amount of trust that that guys have in you. Are you feeling immediately? That you're going to be able to create a pipeline and infuriate, say, Maryland fans to take kids out of Baltimore and down to Charlotte
4: with you. Well, I don't know about infuriating Maryland <laughs> fans, but we're going to do our very best to do that. Um, look, we, you know, I spent 30 years of my life coaching in Maryland and uh, and in the DMV, as it's now called, and I spent, you know, my my playing days in high school here so i i've invested a lot of time in this town yep. this is my town and my my home and and when you spend that much time uh doing it you 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 either do it poorly and you don't get a chance to spend that much time uh but when you get a long period of time to be a place like baltimore and the dmv um it means that you have um Uh, impacted and honored people and their children and when that happens people have a certain loyalty to you and so we have had an incredible amount of success here and and you have to remember you know I was coaching Michigan to the very end it's not like we had a whole lot of time to be out recruiting I mean it it was a you know we, we just got done playing eight days ago so I think I think that we are going to continue to, to recruit here, and we are uh, finding incredible um, feedback. I mean, we have players calling us from this area that are four- and five-star players that want to come play at Charlotte, and and we're we're really happy about that.
0: I saw Darrell Robinson was a big one um, that came in and rejoined you. Of course, uh, it was at St. Francis. That's obviously a big deal for you guys. Biff Pogey is with us here on GCR coach as i asked this question let me i hope you'll let me think this through i i know that part of your story is that you've been willing to use your own personal resources um over the years and saint francis being the one that stands out and saying hey i want to you know give kids a better opportunity and i'm willing to put up my own resources in order to do it i don't know how that looks now in the era of nil like it is there an ability for you to do that? I, I'm asking a question genuinely not knowing the answer, right? Like, with NIL, can you continue to use your own personal resources to try to help kids get opportunities, or is the, the governance of NIL, does that not allow that?
6: Well,
4: you can't you can't use your own resources to uh, pay players. I mean, that obviously doesn't work. Um, but But my resources are a little different, and I think Fairly unique, in that you know, I was a businessman in this area too, trying right. to su- raise and support my family, and and had, you know, was fairly successful over thirty five years. So I have, uh, I, I do know something about business and how <laughs> businesses operate, and um, and so you know, when it comes to NIL, uh, what, what I tell players is this: that have come to Charlotte is, you know, if you come. Charlotte, and you do, and you're really a good kid, and you do well academically, and you have a a the I in NIL. By the way, is the most important thing. Not, it's not really your name. It's not your likeness. It's your image. And when I say that, that image means who who you are. You know, as a human being, if you're someone that a local brand can put their that is willing to put their brand behind your image because they know that you're a good student a good person in the community you play on a good football team and you happen to be a really good player then you're going then you're going to get nil opportunities in charlotte because charlotte is unique in this respect it is the second largest city in the country domiciled uh, with domiciled Fortune 500 companies, most hmm. people don't know that hmm. it's only behind New York. So more than Chicago, more than Dallas, more pick LA, pick wherever it is. And so there are a lot of business people there. I happen to know many of them. I've done business with sure uh, those companies. The financial center of the country, by the way, more big banks headquartered there than anywhere. I, so no, no, Bank, of, Bank job,
0: of America, for example, is that's right. right. Bank
4: of America there. Yep. You do a good job, there are people there that are going to want to be associate their brand with you. But you have to do all the right things. You have to be a really good kid. You have to be really good in school. You have to pre- present yourself well. And you, then you have to do it on the field. So that's kind of how NIL works these days. And, and by the way, I think the genie's out of the bottle with that. I don't think it's ever getting back in. I right. think it's only going to become... Bigger and more sophisticated, and I think those that are going to lose at it are going to be the guys that are doing the deals that are these silly deals like, hey, uh, you, you come here and we'll give you X amount of dollars. Well, first of all, that's not legal. And secondly, most of those promises are never kept, which is, by the way, why there's so many people in the transfer portal. Sure. So we're gonna we're gonna capitalize on all
0: that. It's interesting. It's an I, the way that you are bringing it up. It's it's it certainly it adds to what probably appealed to you about the job at Charlotte. Is that you it's, know there's it does it's, yeah, it, it's, it's
7: part of it, there's sure. so much
0: there. Um, you know, Coach, if I could, you, obviously your your run here in Baltimore was legendary and. And yet not everybody was always enamored with it. Famously, you know, I, I, we made a lot. We, we talked a lot uh, around, and Henry was on with us, and we talked about the HBO documentary, and there was a lot of people that didn't love what you were doing at St. Francis locally, and we know there was the backlash in the MIAA. Did, did any of that bother you at a personal level, like given what you were doing, given how much you were trying to compete and win, did it bother you what happened here at St. Francis?
4: Well, I, I would just say this to you. It kind of started before that. It started at Gilman, you know, where we we were so successful that, you know, it, what's interesting is whenever you have a new coach, right, the reason you usually have a new coach is because the program's struggling. And so when we took it over at Gilman, you know, that that, that program was struggling. And, uh, you know, that had some bad years and some – some losses that the program you know, didn't want to have. We came in and we hired a new, all the things you do, hire new staff, you know, started recruiting players, coach the players, they're better, new vision, new culture. And that was all very exciting. And then you start winning a championship after championship, after championship. And then people in town are like, well, you know, we don't know if that's what Gilman should be in football. And then Gilman starts saying, well, you know, football's getting bigger than the school. And, you know, did that bother me? Of course it bothered me because to me it was all about kids and giving kids opportunities and excellence. And, you know, when you talk about a school like Gilman or any other school in town, you know, excellence isn't a zero sum game. You don't want to be excellent in math and terrible in English. You don't want to be great in lacrosse and bad in football. So, I think these institutions should want to be excellent in everything, and with St. Francis, it was a little bit different because, you know, that program was ready to fold, and the school was really in trouble. Uh, so we used that as an opportunity, like we used Gilman, to try to give kids an opportunity to go to to go to school,
5: <clears throat>
4: and and it was a great success. And the league somehow did did not ban. Gilman when we were winning championships, but when we went to St. Francis to win championships, all of a sudden the league banned us, and uh, I I can't understand that. So was that bothersome? Yes, but look what happened. St. Francis is now has the opportunity to play a national yep. schedule, attract players from all over the country. It's, it's, they're going to win a national. They just missed this year. Mm-hmm. They're going to win a national championship and probably a bunch more. And um, I think it's great for Baltimore. Baltimore should totally be behind it. Um, and it's great for Charlotte because, you know, we built that program. And, and the people there know it, and the kids know it, and their family know it. So when I come calling at Charlotte to recruit, and by the way, I would be in uh, the DMV in two weeks recruiting – uh, we get a really great reception, and I'm really happy about <laughs> yeah,
0: it. Yeah, Like I said, there's Maryland fans that are worried about this, Coach. Really worried about what you're about to do here, recruiting-wise. We're nervous about that. Uh, let me give you this one. Obviously, the relationship between you and Jim Harbaugh is well-documented. Uh, we were talking to Bruce Feldman about it a couple weeks ago. I thought his piece in The Athletic was incredible um, about the role you played there. If um, if another Harbaugh were to give you a call in the future and say, hey, you know, th- we we're trying to get to some things figured out here and just keep things fresh. Any chance you'd be maybe willing and not now, cause I know you got a job to do, but like in the future to, to come back here and, and help another Harbaugh.
4: Well, you know, I love the Harbaugh family, you know, starting with his uh, uh, John and Jim's dad, Jack and their mom, Jack. they're just great people. Um, and of course I love Jim. He's a dear and very dear and close friend. And John and I have a very nice relationship and I, I would imagine after we, uh, we get to the CSP at Charlotte in a few <laughs> years, if John were to call, I'd be happy to go down and sit with him.
0: I love that. I love everything about that. Um, Biff Poge, you really happy for can I wrap this up this way? Is it, if I said that you've now accomplished like a dream, would that be a way to describe that, like with being a, a head coach at the collegiate level? what does that really mean to you as far as when you were a kid, when you first got into playing football, like it is this something that you dreamed about when you were a young person?
4: Yeah. I mean, it's a great, it's a great, uh, opportunity and something I've always loved and wanted to do. And, uh, but it's just the beginning for me. It was never, let's get here and just get here. It's like, let's get here and build something. And, Build something that will last, and build something that affects people's lives, and something that really matters. So, yeah, I'm very happy about it. You could say it was a fulfillment of the dream, but I'd call it the beginning of a fulfillment of a dream, and that's that's kind of the way we're looking at
0: it. Uh, This is actually, you know, I'm sorry because Chris sends in a very important question. Uh, Have you decided your game day apparel for the sidelines in Charlotte? Are you? uh, Will the guns be out on the sidelines in Charlotte next
4: season? Excellent question. It will be. Uh, Charlotte, as you know, is in the South, and uh, I, I will be in shorts.
5: I will be in
4: in a cutoff shirt and an ice hat. Yes, that is the apparel awesome. for sure. That is awesome.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, Coach Poggi, congratulations, uh, man, uh, and, and everything that you've accomplished. And obviously, this is a remarkable thing. Look forward to seeing what it is you're going to be doing the next few seasons. You know, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us this
4: morning. All right, thanks. For- Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Biff
0: Poggi, a Baltimore football legend and obviously now the new head coach at uh, Charlotte. I love that, that he's sticking with the uh, the sleeveless look for the sidelines at the major Division one program. That's awesome. That is dope. Thank you, Chris, for reminding me that I needed to bring that up. That is a great call that uh, he is going to be – you know how much attention he's going to get for that too. Like I don't know who's yeah. first on Charlotte. I have to look at who's first on Charlotte's schedule for 2023. Ah, it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, Charles wow. points out, famously, he... <laughs> I mean, he would have national TV games. They would get national TV games, and it would be the same. Nothing would ever change for Biff whenever he was on the sidelines. Uh, they, oh, they come to Maryland on September 9th. Oh, That's their opener? No, they uh, play uh, South Carolina State to open the season on the 2nd. But they do come to Maryland on the 9th, so presumably that's a TV game, probably Big Ten Network, and he's going to be on the sidelines on the Big Ten Network, guns out in College Park that is wild man. I uh, appreciate Biff Pogey taking the time for us and uh, we'll be fascinated to see. We're already seeing an impact and I'm not surprised by it. I was talking to a local coach last week about recruiting and he said, "Dude, don't don't get it twisted. Biff's gonna get kids. Like he's gonna get top guys to choose to go to Charlotte. That's going to happen." I said, "I I believe it." I completely believe it. It's just one more, you know, kind of thing that um Maryland and other schools are gonna have to deal with now is Charlotte probably not a place that you are terrified that you're gonna be losing out on kids. And now that's gonna be reality. Like they are they are going to be a factor with Biff uh, leading the way. And we're already seeing that, uh, as, uh it was at the Under Armour game last week that Darrell Robinson announced that he was going to Charlotte. Now there was always some like light interest from Maryland for Darrell Robinson. It was more I want to say like Virginia Tech was involved, and he chose Charlotte. He chose Biff Pogey over Virginia Tech. It's a big deal. That is a very big deal. All right, got clarification. Got the numbers right. You can cash in on the Ravens-Bengals primetime wildcard game. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers. Sign up and bet $20 with Caesar Sportsbook and automatically get $100 in additional free bets. Just bet $20 and get another $100 to play with. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers right now to start winning. Uh, today's show is also brought to you, or a reminder, actually, that Stan the Fan is back tonight. Stan the Fan Ross Grimsley are going to catch up with Jim Gott, former MLB pitcher, and uh, the man who got his first career win the same day as day one of Cal Ripken's 26-32 uh, uh, game streak. Kind of a cool story. Jim Gott will join Stan the Fan, Ross Grimsley, tonight at 6 You'll be able to watch that live, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, or if you miss it, see it tomorrow, youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. Uh, When we come back in, we're going to chat with Bryant McKinney. I want to briefly cover there was a faux controversy involving Joe Flacco that unfolded in the last 24 hours. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. We'll talk about it next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. for life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410 887 5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license, and a high school diploma or
6: GED equivalent. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop.
8: Looking for
0: some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot! Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting
3: laurelpark.com. Another Oriole season is in the books. And the bat was there every step of the way as the birds posted their first winning season in six years And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here Hi, I'm Paul Valley and along with my co-host Zach Goodman We'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off season Discussing every signing trade and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training You can watch us at youtube.com slash online and facebook.com slash sports or listen live Live at PressboxOnline.com/slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, right here at Pressbox Sports. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball
0: fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit unBCretrievers.com/ slash kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and
8: under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, unBCretrievers.com/ slash kids club. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a -a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, thanks again to
0: Biff Pogey for joining us. Enjoyed that conversation. Appreciate him taking the time this morning. If you have not picked up the print issue of PressBox, don't know what you're waiting for? Our Best of 2022 issue is on newsstands. It honors the top People, performances, and moments of the year with Adley Rutchman, our Mo Sports Person of the Year, on the cover. Go get it for free right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox or read it all. Pressboxonline.com/slash/best-of. best of. All right, uh, a couple of things before uh, we get to Bryant McKinney here in a second. I, I, I am flummoxed. There was a bizarre controversy that I think it's a very, very small number of people think is a problem, whereas everybody else kind of thinks it's neat, and I appreciate that. Uh, On Sunday, the Jets played the Dolphins. Joe Flacco started for the Jets. It was a meaningful football game for the Dolphins. They had to win it in order to clinch a playoff spot. Joe Flacco has uh, at least three sons that I know of because I've seen a picture of them. And two of them were wearing Jets jerseys. The other was not. The other of his sons was wearing a Tyreek Hill jersey to the game. And after the game, Joe brought his son down to the field and Tyreek Hill signed Joe Flacco's son's jersey. Which I think most of us, or maybe it was before the game, I apologize, it might have been before the game that Tyreek Hill signed his son's jersey. Apparently the Fox cameras caught it. I think most of us especially those of us that are parents, would say, that's sweet. What a sweet story. Like, that's, the like Joe Flacco's son's a Tyreek Hill fan. Maybe I would have liked to have put him into a maybe more decent human being to be a big fan of than Tyreek Hill, but he's a hell of a football player, man. There's no doubt about that. And he got the opportunity to meet his favorite football player, and given the age of Joe Flacco's sons, maybe not a conversation that Joe wants to have with his son about why Tyreek Hill's maybe not the nicest guy in the world, but, hey, again different conversation for a different day got to meet his favorite football player get an autograph that's that's sweet but a few people went a different way uh, david samson the former president of the miami marlins uh, is it weird hang on a second of course this tweet was just up here and now i lost it what the hell just happened why why did it th- thanks a lot elon your app stinks you've ruined everything Sorry, I'm just mad because I had the tweet right in front of me. And then it refreshed. Is it weird that Joe Flacco's son wore a Dolphins jersey to a game? I've never seen that before. A player's family representing the opponent? I'm a hard no. Okay. Okay, tough guy. <laughs> okay, hard ass. Yeah, this is this is ridiculous. We're not going to stand for this. Uh, Brandon Tierney is a host on WFAN in New York. And uh, he was very angry about this as well. If you're an NFL player, you cannot have family members showing up wearing an opposing jersey. It's disrespectful to the people who cut your check. Disrespectful for the fan base. Okay, guy. Um, It was brought up to me yesterday. I was reminded that once upon a time, Lee Mazzilli got the job as the manager of the Orioles. And his family was very much all Yankees fans. They were all from New York. They were New York, tried and true. And one of the things we didn't love was apparently Lee Mazzilli's family would be out in town wearing their Yankees gear. I don't remember being bothered about it personally. The story I was reminded of it. I was also reminded that at one point Terrell Suggs famously wore a Yankees jersey or uh, sorry a Yankees hat in the Ravens locker room, and he got a bunch of flack about it. Terrell Suggs is an adult. (laughs) Which would be a key difference between the two. Now, I really don't care. I would prefer. I would prefer that players that play within a city would be like, hey man, I'm gonna try to embrace the city, I'm gonna try to embrace their teams and try to get a feel for their fans. There is no obligation to that. It's a little bit weird with Terrell Suggs. He has no connection to New York. He's from Arizona. Like it's strange that he was wearing a Yankees thing. But if like I, I can understand uh, Pat Ricard is from New England. I've never talked to him about it, but I'm going to guess that if Pat Ricard's a baseball fan, he probably is a Red Sox fan. That's where he's from. So it wouldn't stun me at all if Pat Ricard one day was walking around wearing a Red Sox hat. And yeah, we'd be kind of bummed about that because we like Pat Ricard and we wouldn't love the fact that he was a Red Sox fan. But he's hey in a... Ad- who this cares? This is a child that we're talking about. Are you all set to come on with a today? child. Yeah, My God. God, get a grip, a child, get a hold of yourself, man, what's Joe Flacco supposed to do? No, I forbid you. Get the entire F out of here with that. Get out. Stop. Nonsense. We get so lost. Like we lose such perspective on life because sports are so stupid. So dumb. Thankfully, I think most people understand that there is no problem with Joe Flacco's son wearing a Tyree Kill jersey to a game and wanting to meet his favorite player. It's a neat it's a neat story. It's not it's neat. It's sweet. It reflects well on Joe Flacco, the man and the father, by the way. Makes him look like a a pretty good person, that it was a priority for him to try to do something for his kid. Christ. All right, I'm sorry. I'm shake all that off. Joining us now, a man that was uh, teammates with Joe Flacco once upon a time. Oh, do you, you want to add something to
1: it, Charles? Is that the, yes? I was just going to ask, is it the oldest or youngest son? I don't remember. I'm sorry. I don't, it, I don't it, remember. If it's the oldest, he's probably had to be a Joe Flacco fan for a while now. So, like, it's, like, kind of, like, on the father to, like, allow him to like be fans for others you don't
0: just have to root for my team all the time you can be your own person a little bit
1: and then there's even less like kind of controversy if it's the youngest because it's like yes he's a he's a baby
0: right like well come on get out of here get out of here with this all right joining us now this man as I mentioned was uh, teammates with Joe Flacco once upon a time and we are we've been celebrating all season long the 10th anniversary of the Ravens winning Super Bowl 47 and he of course was a big part of that playoff run But yesterday, uh, some even more incredible news for him as he was announced for induction to the College Football Hall of Fame, which is very cool. Uh, He was one of my favorites during his time in Baltimore, was a regular with us. In fact, he's the reason why I once got to spend 20 seconds with Serena Williams, which was a true highlight of my life. He is my friend, Bryant McKinney, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Brian, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's so good to catch up, man, and more than anything, congratulations on an awesome honor. Thank you for taking the time for us.
9: Oh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I guess I'm surprised, yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, Cuz I never knew when it was going to be announced. I never i like I was on the ballot before, so it's like I just feel like I never hear about it, so it just caught me off guard. Right,
0: so, like, they don't tell you ahead of time? They don't, like, call you on Sunday? Like, hey, by the way, Brian, there's going to be an announcement tomorrow. Like, be ready for it. Nope. You, wow. So, like, how do
9: you... So, do you get the news in a tweet? Mailed, they, <laughs> no, they mail. Well, how I actually found out is um, Venus's former um assistant, she works at the University of Miami. She texted me congratulating me, but I didn't know why she... I thought she <laughs> was trying to say University of Miami. And I was like, I'm, I'm already in the University of Miami. Hall um, of Fame. So I didn't know what she was talking about, and she was like, "Wait, well, nobody told you." I'm like, "Tell me what." And then it was like uh, ongoing thing. She didn't want to tell me. She's like, well, "It'll be announced at four o'clock." I'm like, "What will be announced?" And she finally just told me, "She said, just ask the prize." And I was like, "All right." And then she finally told me. Um, so that's how I found out. And that's- then she hit me back. She said, "I should have got something in the mail, but I hadn't checked the mail yet. So I, there was something in the mail to kind of let me know that I." I got to open it. I didn't even open it. But if there was something that came in the mail <laughs> that is to let awesome. me know that
0: I, I made it. Dude, that's so great. <laughs> that's so cool, <laughs> man. Um, what is it? Like, I'm just looking over this list, right? This list uh, includes, you know, only some of the greatest players in college football history, like Reggie Bush and Tim Tebow and Luke Keek. Like, I'm looking over this list. And I'm like, holy crap, man, like, that is some pretty amazing company. Not to say – I don't want to make this very clear. You're I know you're damn deserving of it, but the company <laughs> that you're keeping as being a part of the College Football Hall of Fame, does that maybe give you, like, a, oh, my God, this is unbelievable type of feel?
9: It does. I really looked at the class, Dwight the Freeney, you know, me right. and I was in college. And uh, it's like, the class – is this is a really good class. <laughs> I looked at the. The, the names on there and I was like oh wow so yeah I definitely was um excited to see you know those people and like Brian Westbrook made it as well his mom and my mom are friends it's cool yeah, we became friends too through that through the NFL moms so yeah it's definitely I was definitely excited to see you know a lot of people that made it yeah uh,
0: you know Brian we talked a lot over the years obviously we connect you so much with Miami and and th- those teams and that era of football and what a special time it was and obviously we got to touch a little bit of that in Baltimore. With the Ray Lewis and the Ed Reeds of the world, I know you and Ed were very close. But um, to, to to represent that group, like it, like I th- I think people lose perspective. It's funny because I I look at these two guys that I'm sitting across from in the studio, and they're young, right? Like they're in their early twenties. And I even Why? last night you saw people on Twitter like, "Man, is this Georgia team one of the great Georgia teams of all time?" I'm like, no, they're. What are you talking about? Is this Georgia team one of the great teams of all time? Like they nearly lost in the semifinals. If if Martin Smith or Marvin Harrison doesn't get hurt, they lose. Like, is there something about continuing to represent those Miami teams and how great they truly were that means something to you now as a college Hall of Famer?
9: Uh, yeah, it definitely does. Um, cause, you know, at the time we didn't realize how good we were. We are just out there just trying to win a game and win a national championship. But when you look back on everybody's, you know, career, you know, uh, college-wise and in the pros, it's was like, oh, wow, this is a great group of guys that were all together on the team at one time. So it's just like you just really just are anxious for, you know, the school to get you know, things back together and kind of get that tradition, like bring that back alive.
0: Yeah, I mean it's really cool. It's really cool. I'm very happy for you, brother. It's an amazing, amazing honor. But since I got you, I need to reflect. We've been doing this all season long. We've been bringing guys on. It's ten years. It's ten years, man. Ten years since you guys won a Super Bowl here know. in Baltimore. Bryant McKinney's with us. Um, take me back ten years ago because you were such a central figure in what happened as the Ravens turned things around. Um, can you take me through that year? And I'm sure you were frustrated as hell about the fact that you weren't on the field and what was going on. And right. why? how did this all come about that you got back in and all of a sudden this offense
9: looked very different you. the moment that you were on the field? Um, and you know, I played in pre, I was starting in the preseason and I was graded up the highest. That's why I was so confused. But then um, the officer coordinator at the time, um Cam?
0: Cam? Cam Cameron. Yeah. Yes.
9: He wanted to try something different, but never gave me the opportunity to try. He like, oh, we're going to do this no huddle thing. We don't know if you can keep up. Never got the opportunity to try. So I get pulled in the office. I think we had a Monday night game, the first game or something. I remember getting pulled in the office and, and them telling me, like, oh, we're going to just try. We're going to just go with the young guys and try this no huddle thing. You know, this another. And I'm like, okay. Like, this is so weird. I just graded out the highest in preseason, and now you're telling me. But I also had an incentive in my contract, too, so I kind of knew that, too, from a business side. If I played a certain amount of plays, I got a bonus. So that kind of kept me away from that a little bit. Mm. But it did kept me away. Mm. So, um, you know, when we got – so they were resting some guys in the last game, which was actually Cincinnati um, that year as well. And so they're gonna play me, and I said, "Well, I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna just play to a level he ain't got no choice but to have to play me." Like, you know what I'm saying? And I said, "I'm just gonna go out here and like in my mind was like, I'm just gonna go out here and dominate." Now you put me on the field, I'm gonna go out here and really just give you no choice but to have to play me. <laughs> after after I put together this, you know this um, highlight reel, basically that's how I looked at it. So Carlos Dunlap, sorry, but I had to do what I had to do. <laughs> and when they watched the film, they called me um you know that morning and was like hey we want to bring you in to talk to you um we're going to make some adjustments on the line and things like that but i already knew what i did (laughs) my plan worked and then i was able to you know you know be able to get back in the starting lineup but also it did keep it kept my body fresh too because i wasn't it wasn't a whole lot of wear and tear me that needed because i was only going in for certain plays here and there it wasn't like starting week in and week out so I was way more fresh than probably everybody else. And then my first week matchup was against Dwight Freeney. <laughs> man,
0: man. It worked out okay. That worked out all right. Mm-hmm. It is, I, like, it's the easiest thing for us to point out. Like, that's what changed. What What else? Like, you, dude, you remember, th- it was a mess late in the year that year, right? It's not you guys mm-hmm. were losing games. You, you nearly lost in San Diego, if not for a miracle. What else clicked?
9: Like, how did this go from um, – Uh, I remember Ray Lewis coming in the locker room and asking guys to kind of stay off social media and let's just focus on one game at a time and things like that. And I think a lot of guys bought into it. Um, And we just really was trying to take one game at a time. I feel like the biggest uh, point that took place is when we actually beat Denver, out there in Denver. And once we beat them, we were in a position of facing New England again. And I do remember – the year before losing to New England, but Ray Lewis being in the locker room saying, oh, we're going to be back in the same position again next year. And I'm thinking, like, what's the odds of us <laughs> being back here next year? But we were. So when we got past Denver, I don't know, we're going to – I never doubted us not beating uh, New England because that was like now you have an opportunity to have, like, revenge. Mm-hmm. So um, and then Denver was the number one seed at the time, and we were on the road. Like, the weather was freezing. It was just a lot going against us, and we actually were able to pull that off. Once we got to New England, I, I, it, it never crossed my mind of lo- losing was never an option, was never a thing. And then getting to, you know, New Orleans to play, you know, his brother, the, the Harbowl, was <laughs> just a great opportunity. And it just was like, this is my 11th year. And and it was talking, it was her 11th year, so first Super Bowl, <laughs> like, we got to win this. <laughs> no doubt, <laughs> so, no doubt.
0: It, it, you know, it's funny that you say that. There was a quote that was being shared yesterday a lot on Twitter from Ray, and it's so funny you bring up the speech. Dude, guys that weren't even on the team the year before that I've talked to this year remember what Ray said in the locker room the year before the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game. Like, it truly is one of his iconic speeches of all time. Um, but it was interesting because it was brought up that, like, he, he mentioned you guys getting your butts kicked late in the season, right? Like, it was the Denver game, right? And he said, we go out and we look like the worst team in football. And then a week later, we go beat the Giants. And that's just sports. Like, it's, it's just how it works. Like, one game doesn't mean anything more than one game. And it can just mm-hmm. sort of flip on a switch. And, like, this Ravens team this year is struggling like hell down the stretch of the season. And yet, you know, who knows? They get in the playoffs. They win a game against Cincinnati. Who knows what happens from there? Like, is it really that simple for athletes to not dwell on the way things are going or the trends and just be able to go out, play a game, and say, Dude, we we're we're good. Like we, this is the game that's in front of us. We don't have to think about any of that other stuff.
9: It could just gel. I just feel like when you're in a playoff suit, you know, it's either sink or swim. Like you know what I mean? It's, it, it's each game is one game at a time. And if we can advance to the next round, then it's like okay, let's focus on this and put all the energy into this. So I feel like it's, it's kind of like once everybody's on board, it's kind of easy to kind of focus in and and really just try to get you know through these three
0: games. I mean, it worked out all right for you guys. (laughs) It worked out just fine for your group. Brian McKinney is with us here on GCR. Again, it's been 10 years since the Ravens won that Super Bowl. Um, Brian, what's your relationship been like with the Ravens since then? Right? Like I, I, I could understand there being an amount of like, Hey, you didn't want to play me. And then you got rid of me. And like, I could understand there being like a bad taste in your mouth, but it's also the place where you won the Super Bowl. And, you know the fan base here loves you like the fan base here remembers how much better the team was the moment you stepped in and you were in the starting lineup mm-hmm. that year what's your relationship been um, like with the city and the franchise
9: well I actually came it was crazy I came here for the first time we had a reunion um yep. this year like in I guess October that's my first time coming back to Baltimore since I left that's crazy wow man. but um and I had a nephew that played there too Anthony. oh Azen. that's right that's he right I nephew. remember that absolutely but kind of cold to play the point of that too. Cause you know, there was no, um, fans one season and stuff things like that. But, um, I never had, like, I always knew it was business when you get in the NFL. So like, as far as the fans and stuff, I always liked them. I always liked the purple Friday idea. Like I, was, I came from Minnesota and I said, I'm not serving if I have a purple Friday, we purple too. <laughs> but, um, so I, <laughs> I liked it. It's just, I just, under, I knew it was business. And, um, but I was glad when I was given the opportunity to kind of showcase what I can do that I, I actually went out there and executed it and and they noticed it and was able to put me back in. I mean, I, we, I didn't play in the game. We, you might remember when we played Denver at home, I wasn't playing. I was watching. Yep
0: and boy it was a lot different the next time it was an awful yeah. lot different the next time you guys played when you were in there i'm telling you man we all noticed it we all noticed how drastically different it was um did you keep anything it's one of the things i've been asking everybody from that night in new orleans did you go rip down a sign did you go like is there anything that you have from that night in new orleans that's still with you in your office wherever it is that's particularly meaningful to you
9: Ellen DeGeneres' show was there, and the lady behind me had, like, Steve, I don't know, boxes or something. I got something from that on the fair. I didn't get any, like, actual, like, memorabilia, but it was the lady was holding something behind me. I got to find a picture, but I still have those things that she um, was holding. It was like a joke, but it was, like, it was funny, too, though. Like, to find a pigeon sandwich.
0: Okay. All right. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. It's cool that that's something that like that just happens to be what you still have all these years later. That's really neat, man that it worked yeah. out that way. Um and then the important question, um uh, what are you up
9: to these days?
0: Like what what's going on in Bryant McKinney's world? You still you still play tennis at all?
9: I do. Dude. I still play tennis uh, at least once a week, sometimes up to three. Um I have a company called that's chat, so we do the NFL's Game Pass. We do language translation in real time for um, the NFL. Oh wow! As well as we have a partnership with Comcast and done stuff for both jangles and one University of Miami's website. So we do websites. We do um, SMS. We do um, all type of language translation. That's awesome. We do over 100 languages.
0: That's awesome, man. That's really – congratulations on that. That's a really Thank cool you. thing for you to be doing. And I'm telling you guys, y'all will get your feelings hurt playing tennis against Bryant. Like, you look <laughs> at him and be like, man, I can make him run. And he's happy to I'm run. I'm
9: going to tell you what's funny. So, Coach Harbaugh um, knew that that was like my tradition to go play tennis yep. the day before uh, we He made me bring my tennis equipment out there to New Orleans. And I had to play at, at the time, whoever his assistant was at the time, I had to play then. He made a big announcement. And he had to make the announcement the next day that I'd be his assistant. Everybody was surprised. Was it Matt Weiss? Am I remembering that correctly? It might have been him.
0: I could have sworn that that was the story that it was Matt Weiss that you played, and you made you 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 hurt his feelings. Like that's the way that it
9: goes, man. Dude, I beat him six three six three. Brian, you play um, the best of three sets, and I beat I beat him two in a row. Dude could straight
0: up play, bro. <laughs> like huh?
9: straight up play.
0: Um uh I'll wrap I'll wrap with this cuz we were just talking about Joe a second ago. All these years later when somebody brings up like he's such an enigma, right? In, in football history. Mm-hmm. When someone brings up Joe to you like, "Hey, like, you know, how how did you guys manage to win a Super Bowl with him? What do you tell people about your experience playing with Joe Flacco?" I feel
9: like he doesn't get credit like he should. Like, you know what I mean? Joe's a pretty good uh, you know me, and Joe's from the same area back home in New Jersey, too. We played in the same conference and everything. I'm just older than him. But Joe is a, is a, is a student of the game. Um, I feel like he's still in New York, like, kind of mentoring the guys and everything, but he's, he's a good player. Like, Joe was cool. Like, you're not going to get, like, a lot of emotion out of him, but, I mean, he's a cool, consistent guy.
0: I mean, there's no doubt. He was just going to, you know, kind of nod along, and, yeah, I don't know. There was going to be a lot of that with Joe Flacco. Yeah. <laughs> you when, uh, know, when they, when you guys needed him to come through, did he ever come through for you guys in that postseason run? Bryant McKinney. At Bryant McKinney on Twitter is how you follow him. I'm so happy for you, bro. What an, what an amazing honor it is to be going into the college football. Thank you very much. Great to catch up with you. Always appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, no problem. Ryan McKinney, Raven, Super Bowl champion, for Super Bowl forty-seven. Love that guy, dude. He was so. <laughs> there were like all these reports that off season that like he was out of shape. I called him one day. I'm like, "Bro, what's going on?" He looked at me. He's like, "Yo, they're talking about me. Like I weigh four hundred pounds. Like I'm, I'm three forty. Like what the hell is going on here? Like, yeah, I'll probably try to, you know, maybe even take a couple more off. But like, what the? It was such a weird." relationship with bryant mckinney and the ravens that never really made sense when all the dude ever did when he played was maul <laughs> like just flat out maul that dude was a monster charles go ahead yeah i wish the
1: vikings never got rid of him oh never. that's right you're a vikings I fan i forgot yeah i forgot 2009 you're a fan. when yeah. we had brett Favre, we had the meanest offensive line it was him Well, matt burke was on that line too Phil right Phil sullivan uh, Steve Hutchinson. Oh yeah, they Hutchinson were, was a monster too. They were no mean, doubt. and we had Lodeholt and and uh, McKinney on the tackles, and they were both six eight, three hundred fifty plus. Dude, the they guy was <sighs> such a beast. I mean, he was. Brett Favre never got beast. sacked until Bounty Gate. Like and,
0: and and for whatever reason, and Brian tried to explain it. Now to the point that like, did it keep him fresh, and was he even better in the postseason because he hadn't played that much in the regular season that year? Perhaps, but the Michael Orr experiment at left tackle did not work. He was not a left tackle in the NFL. And the moment that they went back to Bryant McKinney at left tackle, all of a sudden things looked vastly different for this team and went a long way. It's one of those stories about what happened that that Ravens team was able to click and get things going in the postseason. It's one of the stories that gets forgotten that Bryant McKinney was on the bench for most of that season. And the moment they put him back in the starting lineup, everything changed. Everything changed at that point. Today's show is also brought to you. Actually, you know, quickly, speaking of uh, Ravens players, you can go ahead and call Patrick. It's the nice thing about only having three breaks now to take. We can we can space them out. Um, speaking of Ravens players tonight, Tyus Bowser is going to be with us at uh, Guilford Hall Brewery, and I actually do not know. Let me see if I've gotten an update.
2: Um,
0: I have not heard back. Not heard back yet uh, who the guest is. We'll find out, and as soon as we know, we will share it with you uh, on social media. But we will... We will get you that information as soon as we possibly can. It's going to be a great night no matter who it is. At Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. We want you to come hang out with us and Tyus Bowser and his special guest. 7 o'clock tonight, come join us. Tyus Bowser shows a partnership Press PressBox and Great Eights memorabilia. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. We will see you tonight for the Tyus Bowser Show. It is Tuesday. On Tuesdays, we talk college sports with our guy Patrick Stevens in the Washington Post. You follow him on Twitter, of course, at discourse d1s course. Patrick, good morning, my friend. How are you?
10: I'm well, Glenn. How are you this morning?
0: I'm all right this morning. I have to admit, I did DVR the game on Sunday to, with the intent to watch it, and I have not yet done it. So when I ask you these questions, I'm genuinely asking because I did not get to watch with football going on at the same time. Um, how did Maryland shake off their last couple of performances and get a really big win against Ohio State on Sunday?
10: Well, it certainly didn't hurt that Zed Key, the starting big man for Ohio State, wasn't playing. Uh, You know, I think that's a break that Maryland caught. And as we've talked about plenty of times already this season, that there are size issues, but fortunately for them, they weren't quite so pronounced the other day. I think the other thing that's worth pointing out is that Maryland did not get three-point happy. They were 5 of 13 from three, obviously not really leaning on that a whole lot, but on the flip side, they're not wasting a lot of possessions on bad outside shots. So, you know, those are the the two pieces, right? Like, they got to hit threes, or they need to be able to score inside. And they were able to score inside the other day, the tune of 34 points in the paint. Julian Reese looked pretty good, 10 points and 8 boards. And and frankly, Maryland did a great job of just driving it and getting to the line a whole lot over the course of a of a game that was frankly over officiated, uh, really both ways. It was just, it was just a very whistle happy game. So, you know, I think for Maryland they they caught Ohio State at the right time, and that was very much a uh, you know hold the damn back type of game for Maryland because if if that's a loss and now you're staring at at Iowa, Michigan, at Purdue. Uh, things could have gone sideways in a hurry there. That's so a great point. to get back, get back a little closer to 500 in the league, two and three in the Big Ten. You know, 0 and three on the road, two and zero at home. That's probably not a bad place to find yourself if you're them. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy moving forward. But you know, after they get past this game Sunday at Iowa, four of the next five at home, and then they have another four out of five at home. You know, this is the sort of stretch that 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 is. It irked Kevin Willard a little bit, uh, the, right. the scheduling issue. Right. But, you know, the good thing is, is the schedule really does flip for them here in in the in the weeks to come to some extent. And I think the back half of the league schedule, where they see Minnesota twice, they see Nebraska twice, they get Northwestern at home, uh, they get Penn State twice, although Penn State is, I think, better this year. Uh, it, I think it's a much more manageable back half of the schedule than front
5: half
0: uh seth greenberg brought up to me last week patrick that like this is just a team that as constructed is a team that's going to simply be better at home than they are away and i know that's a dumb thing to say because every of course every team right like that's the but he thinks there's something unique about this group and because they're so depleted that they almost kind of need that energy and they need something else in order to make up for what they have deficiency wise it I know this can't be measured. I realize there's no statistic that we can assign to it. But does something about that sound about right for this group?
10: Maybe. I mean, don't ask about that UCLA game, mind you.
0: That's fair. Yes, that's fair. But,
10: but, yeah, I mean, certainly I I think they felt a little bit more juice. And, frankly, if we're we're looking at it on the flip side, I I think that they found themselves in, in a very hostile situation a few days earlier when they played Rutgers right Mm -hmm. like I mean that was a that was a crowd that was loaded for bear that uh and a team that was very much out to prove that it did not have a fluky performance when it beat Purdue on the road so I think there's something to be said for that like you said you can't measure it and you know in asking me that's a really hard thing for me to try to do okay so so uh uh there's probably some truth to that uh but at the same time, at some point, if you, if you want to be good, you've got to figure out a way to do it elsewhere, too. So, you know, they do have a road win over a bad team against Louisville, and they've got a couple neutral site victories. Uh, but when you look at it, what would you say their, their most impressive victories are to this point? You'd probably say two of the three are the Illinois and Ohio State games, with, with probably Miami being the other one that's in that match.
0: Is Patrick Stevens? He's with us here on GCR. Patrick, uh, we talked last week about Towson. After their battle with Charleston, they followed that up with a couple of, of wins. Um, a Drexel game that they, boy, they tried to give that thing away in the second half, but they mm. held on in order to get it. Um, does it feel like they've kind of righted the ship after a tough stretch?
10: Maybe, and I, I think I think one thing that's worth pointing out is they've done this with with Cam Holden sideline now too. Mm-hmm. So now they're down both Cam Holden and Jason Gibson. Um, I think the issue f- for Towson is going to get overlooked a little bit wall you know, papered over a little bit. And I think I said this last week, when you look at the the rest of the CAA, like this is a Towson team that could very easily wind up going 12 and six without really doing a whole lot. Uh, like you, you look at, you know, obviously Hofstra is pretty good, Wilmington and Charleston. Uh, but when they get past, the, uh, this coming Monday, when they play Hoster at home, they have a lot of manageable games uh, go up until the final weekend of the regular season. I mean, you, you look at the Ken Palm projections uh, and basically Ken Palm has them winning all but two of the next, I'm trying to do the math here quickly in my head. Um, it's like two out of 13 that they would lose. Uh, and those are tight games at Hoster and at, at Drexel. Uh, you know, I think tonight is a, or tomorrow night, I should say, is an interesting game for them. They go to Delaware, a team, uh, that isn't as good as it was last year, uh, also has has drawn a tougher early schedule having to play both Hofstra and Charleston. Uh, but that said, that that I think is a good barometer, a better barometer, frankly, than Drexel at home, or especially Stony Brook, a, a sure. team that's really young and really struggling on the road. So,
5: sure.
10: and I think for Towson, again, the same, same type of stuff that we've talked about. They've got to get healthy, and it's clear that it's going to be a win-three-in-three-days situation for them. So, for them, I think as much as anything, you'd kind of like to get yourself in a spot where you're a top two, top three seed in the league, if at all possible, uh, and just be playing well. So winning a couple games is nice, and, and but there's going to be opportunities, I think, for them uh, to win games, even by double figures, and not play particularly well. And I think for them, it would be much better, uh, from their perspective, to get healthy and to be playing better, uh, just because – yeah, I think that's what's going to be required in March. It's not necessarily what's going to be required for a good chunk of January.
0: When we talked last week about UMBC after the Vermont loss, we talked about maybe whether they are you know, kind of closer to the top of the league or just one of the teams. Would I be right to assume that going up and winning at Bryant suggests that they've kind of made a statement that they're maybe closer to being a solidified number two in that league?
10: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I would say I would say it's two or three, and and they've got a trip up to UMass Lowell next week right. that kind of sorts that out. But I, I thought that that league, you know, through non-conference play, got the sense that there was a top four, and I, I felt like you know Vermont, until proven otherwise, even with their loss to New Hampshire the other day, um, you know, that's still sort of the team to beat. But Bryant and UMBC and UMass Lowell in that next group, but to be able to go up to Bryant and win. Uh, I think – and that's an NCAA tournament team from last year. They won the NEC, remember. Uh, That's pretty impressive. I I think, too, something that stands out is they played pretty good defense up there. Maybe not great defense, but pretty good defense, certainly on the road in league play against a really good team. And so, uh, you know, you you look at them and they've got a a balanced approach in that game. Colton Lawrence with 19. uh, Jacob Bunyacith had 15. You know, they they shot 40 percent from three, which is the kind of thing that they've done on occasion and some more than a few occasions this season. Only had five turnovers in a place that's really hard to play at. So I think that's a good sign for the retrievers. Now they come home, they play their next three conference games at home here uh, coming up in the next week and a half to two weeks or so. They have a non-conference game against Hartford, a, a recent America East. Or I should say right. longtime America East rival that's actually transitioning down to D three, uh, but they've got three other home games in that mix. Uh, so I think that's going to be a, a good chance to see, or three or three out of four, or something like that in, in, in that mix. So uh, I think that you know when you look at UMBC, that, that that's a that's a situation that bodes well having won at Bryant. Correcting myself here, they play Maine and Hartford at home. They go to Lowell and they, then they have New Hampshire at home. So uh, a good sign for them. Uh, especially being able to play some decent defense up in Smithfield
0: and then I know last night you got to see the rare two different thirty point scorers on the same team uh, game locally right
10: yes, yes it was uh it was quite a night really for the top three players for for Morgan State uh, as they opened up uh, they opened up league play this weekend, they beat North Carolina Central in overtime on Saturday and then were able to outlast South Carolina State in a game that really didn't feature a whole lot of defense. 90 to 85 was the final. Uh, Malik Miller had 32. Isaiah Burke had 30. And the freshman Cameron Hobbs, that was a guy I came away really impressed with. He had 18 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists.
5: Okay.
10: Um so the the Miller and Burke combo is the first pair of Bears to have 30 points in the same game. We'll we'll bring some names back here for you. Taiwan Kendley and Philip Carr did it okay. in 2018 against Florida A&M. So it actually was a little more recent than I expected. Uh, but that having been said, uh, you know, if you're Morgan State, you probably feel like uh, first of all you're thrilled to be two and zero coming out of the first weekend of MiAC play. They get copping this week uh, in a single game. Uh, but I, I think defensively, they probably let South Carolina State hang around a little too long in this thing. South Carolina State had like 10 turnovers in the first 13 minutes of the game. And it just felt like more, I mean, Morgan was up 12 at halftime, and they just never could quite put them away up until the final minutes. And so uh, you, you look at that and you go, okay, there's certainly some things to work on. And, and watching Kevin Brodus throughout the game, he was clearly less than pleased with, with the defensive showing. But It was, it's been a Malik Miller and Isaiah Burke show for them and and maybe not any more than it had been, than it has been uh, uh, last night anyway. And and so Miller and Burke veteran guards, uh, that's, that's a pretty good formula anywhere in college basketball. And I'll be curious to see if they're able to give a good run to a a team like a Norfolk state who they have coming, coming in in a few weeks for a. ESPNU game.
0: Before we get to our game, Patrick, on the national level, I know the big story this week was uh, Chris Beard being out at Texas, and obviously that's a very you know specific circumstance that leads to that job being open. What do you make of that job? What do you make of where Texas goes after making this decision?
10: Well, you know, I think the the, the standard story with Texas is that they've got more money than God,
5: right? right. Like, I mean, that's right.
10: essentially, like the the, the long time story. You know, the last time that Texas made it. Out of the first weekend of the tournament,
0: uh, tell me it's when Kevin Durant was there. I mean, I like, tell me it's that. It was moment, the year
10: right? after Kevin Durant. Okay. It was the year after was Kevin Durant. It, was was that was that
0: T.J. Ford?
10: It, no, that was before D.J. Augustine and Damian oh, right, James. Right, and those right, right,
5: right, right. Yep. were
10: all on that team. Right. So 2008 the last time that Texas has been out of the first weekend of the tournament. Uh, the last time that Texas, uh, in, in that since that span, I should say, since that 08 uh, team, they've been a number. They've been better than a number six seed only twice in 2011 as a four and in 2021 as a three. So you have all this excitement about, oh, well, you know, you got a new arena and, and Texas has all this money and this, that, and the other. You know, Texas has to prove it. And, and by the way, you know, they, they fired Rick Barnes and, and he's done okay at Tennessee since he left. Uh, Shaka Smart got out. um, really in a situation where where people I think in Austin were ready for a change and he's done okay at Marquette so when you look at the when you look at the former Longhorn coaches doing well you you sit there and wonder well maybe the issue is at Texas uh you know this Texas team I think um obviously had, had had Chris Beard's suspension hanging over it here for for a month or so uh and I thought that the response uh, that those players had on Saturday, a 56-46 win at Oklahoma State is encouraging. Um, but that's going to be, you know, I think that that's a job that, that from the jump, kind of sets the market. That's going to be the thing everybody's talking about. In some ways, it's going to be a little bit uh, like a bigger, a bigger and louder version of of what Maryland was last year, right? Like everybody was talking about All the Maryland year.
5: job yeah, for, a, great for point. a couple
10: months. You huh? know, and I, I guess really until the Louisville job opens. Right, like for a month and a half, it was all about Maryland, and yeah. then maybe maybe the Louisville job took up a little more oxygen. But this year, it's, we're gonna we're gonna hear about two months worth of you know who's gonna go to Texas. Uh, chances are somebody will take Texas's money, and it will be a lot of money, uh, and it'll be interesting. I think to see who whoever it is, I would not be shocking to me if they had some SEC experience, given that the Longhorns are heading. In that direction, here in another year or two. Uh,
0: I was going to throw this out there. Is it crazy to think that they have so much money that they couldn't even maybe make a run at Scott Drew, for example?
10: Maybe. I mean, you also have to understand, too, and we've seen this in basketball uh, more so than others, more so than in football, but especially in basketball where you see guys that have won a title or have been to a Final Four and they realize that things are pretty comfortable. Sure. You know, this like, is the, this is the whole J yeah, right at Villanova. Yeah. I, I can have this job you for know, as the, long as I want to have it. I can, I can have this job for just about as long as I want to have it. Right. And if you're, if you're Scott drew, uh, you know, you, you are part of a remarkable story. I mean, you, you basically took over a smoldering crater yes. and, and, and we able to build it into a national championship. Game. Uh, so, you know, Texas, Texas is probably going to be the school, not just not just the one that's being talked about, but there's going to be some agents that, that should be sending fruit baskets. to, to Oh, them, no doubt. Uh, because they're they're, they're going to be able to get guys. Yeah, money, money. There's money. going to be some contract extensions yeah. that get announced for, for guys that are fairly prominent here in the co- next couple
0: months. That's a great point. And it's not like Baylor doesn't have money, by the way. It's not like they could. It's, no. It's, yeah, Correct. All right, it's time for our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? Uh, I'll get back to doing it the reverse way. I'm going to do the tougher one first and the easier to follow up. Although, again, as every time I say that, you end up blowing me away on the tougher one, and then I say, well, now I I just feel stupid for how I stack this. My first one is a uh, reliever. He is a man that was a three-time All-Star and a two-time World Series champion. There were four teams for Rick
10: Aguilera. Rick Aguilera was definitely a twin. Of course. And he was a Met. He was. Um, I feel like Rick Aguilera was a Boston Red Sox, He was in
0: 1995, a trade deadline acquisition, before he went right back to the Twins
10: afterwards. For Frankie Rodriguez, if I recall correctly. I believe that That is correct.
0: Yes, I believe that's right. And then...
10: Do I remember him as a Cub?
0: This is – I don't know why. I say I'm going to go with the tough one first, and then Patrick Stevens knocks out 4 for 4 and Rick Aguilera, and I feel like a silly goose at that point. Um, would you be okay with me switching it up just to have uh, maybe a, a something? Because the next one is so easy that I just feel like you're going to knock it out. Can I switch it up and go a different way?
11: Sure. go Do, do, do what you want.
0: All right. I, I just I, – I feel like this is – I always get embarrassed because you make these – There's uh, you know what? Uh, now I don't know which one I want to go with because some of these might be too tricky. My second one was just going to be Max Scherzer, so just do it anyway. Give me the, give me the teams. Max Ma- Scherzer.
10: That would be Arizona, yes. Detroit, yes. Washington, and the New York Mets. Yes, obviously a very easy one. That would be Max Scherzer.
0: That was well done, sir. Uh, what's the schedule look like for you this
10: week? Uh, we'll be heading down to see Georgetown again tonight. Uh, wait, wait, play wait did, did you
0: leave one out on Scherzer? You said, did you say all five? You said Four. I, I sorry. I mean, there was five. There is five on Scherzer because.
10: Oh, he was a, he was a Dodger yes, too. Yes,
0: exactly right. Yes, exactly right. I'm sorry, I screwed that up. That's my fault. It's, go ahead. Your schedule for the week.
10: Uh I thought you were holding me up to to, to wonder about the excitement at Georgetown. Yeah, um, they play Seaton Hall tonight. <laughs> yes. uh, you know they 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 still uh they they still are are winless in the Big East for a long long time. And and still they,
5: haven't fired their know, coach yet.
10: <laughs> And they're, they're, you know it's 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 not a good it's not a good situation down there, uh, which is uh, something we've we've heard a lot about. Uh, but they have lost uh, they have lost 26 consecutive games against Big East opponents, which means if they were on the prices right, the guy the cliffhanger would have gone over the <laughs> the cliff, the, the the mountain climber would have gone over yeah. the cliff by now. So anyway, they're playing Seton Hall. I'm going to go up to see Towson in Delaware tomorrow is the plan. Um, catch the Tigers. Uh, Friday, Mount Saint Mary's uh, gets back into its home Metro Atlantic schedule with Manhattan in town. Uh, then a doubleheader on Saturday: Mason and Mason and Davidson, GW and Saint Louis. And then going to catch Towson and Hofstra on the front end of a MLK Day doubleheader. Uh, with Mason and GW later in the afternoon.
0: Very cool, very cool. At Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, the Washington Post to see his stuff. Patrick, always appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday, all right?
10: Awesome, Glenn. Take
0: care. It's Patrick Stevens, our college hoops guru. Appreciate him taking time for us every Tuesday here on GCR. Today's program also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. They are looking for some folks who are ready to make a change in their career, in their life. And they've got great opportunities for you with the Baltimore County Police. A cadet can start over $30,000 a year. Entry-level and lateral officers, both over $60,000 a year. Actually, for lateral officers, it's over $64,000 a year. And uh, entry-level and lateral officers also have $10,000 signing bonuses available. Great benefits like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to uh, 20 specialized units and more, further incentives for military service members and veterans. Find out more by going to joinbaltimorecountypd.com or by calling 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, have a high school diploma or GED equivalent, and possess a valid driver's license. We'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular and then simply the bets. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit UMBCRetrievers.com slash Kids Club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, UMBCRetrievers.com
8: slash Kids Club. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today.
12: The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual best of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sportsperson of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire
0: Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot! Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com.
13: That first sip...
12: Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steak, salad, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn. Over 4100 North North Point Boulevard. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at
8: bookies every other Thursday at 1140 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. All right. Back in here on GCR
0: as we wind down for our portion of today's show. Today's show is also brought to you. We're just talking about UMBC with Patrick and UMBC, as he mentioned, home for three out of the next four on the men's side this Saturday at one o'clock against Maine. Monday, a little MLK Day Early evening, late afternoon, matinee, five o'clock against Hartford, and then Saturday the twenty-first against New Hampshire. Of course, the women also will be home a good bit over the next few weeks. The women are home next uh, tomorrow. Sorry, next Wednesday night. Yes, I did the math right. Next Wednesday night against UMass Lowell, the eighteenth, and the following Wednesday against NJIT. Get your tickets for all those games and experience game day at the peak by going to umbcretrievers.com in order to get your tickets to check out UMBC Basketball. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the Toyota Tacoma and your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
2: All right, so uh, Brock Purdy has now recorded the highest uh, passer rating. Yes, the highest passer rating in his, the second highest. Excuse he's got me. Got a lot of Brock
0: Purdy. He's today. done things we've that we've been never all seen. All over the or, place. Right, well, he's done
2: things that we've seen once before. Right. So uh, I, I I feel like I got to point it out. And uh, but he has the second highest passer rating through his first five career starts uh, as a quarterback in the Super Bowl era. Uh, so he is in second behind. Starts not games, So yeah, like so his so, first five career starts. So it starts. doesn't matter
0: when they started, it didn't have to be like so Mahomes.
2: Uh Mahomes is third. He was he's right behind Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner is it's one. It's
0: always Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. I'm <laughs> telling
2: you, there's such a Kurt Warner vibe going with Brock Purdy, man. One thirty one point four for Warner, 119.0 for Purdy, and then Mahomes was one sixteen point three in his first five starts. Uh Warner did that uh in his first five career I, starts. I know, well, I, br- I know I mentioned it yesterday, but I really hate the
0: well, if they can do it in San Francisco with a backup quarterback, why can't Baltimore yeah. do it? Like, dude, you're missing everything. You're, you are. Yeah. You're missing every, You're missing that Brock Purdy It clearly is going to be an NFL quarterback. I don't know how he fell to the final pick of the NFL draft, but the dude looks every bit the part. You're missing that, yes, we, Mike Shanahan is far more built to be able to have musical quarterbacks than anyone else in – not anyone, but most other offensive-minded coaches. And three, you're missing that even when they were without Debo Samuel, who, by the way, is back now. Now they've got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey to throw the football to. There is no comparison between this and Baltimore. None. Laughable to ask the question. Even when they didn't have Debo Samuel, they still had Brandon Ayuk. George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey. And Mark Andrews is good, don't get me wrong, but maybe equals out to one of that three. Christ. It's not comparable. Not comparable at all. Anyway, go ahead.
2: Um, Yeah, uh, but they pointed out that uh, Kurt Warner in 1999, that same season, he went on to win the NFL MVP and the Super Bowl MVP. Mahomes also did both of those in his first three seasons as well, so Purdy. Maybe on the same uh, same same trajectory. I at mean, this point.
0: Wait, I, I don't. He's not going to win MVP. Oh, you think he could win Super Bowl MVP? Yeah, got he it, could win Super it, Bowl. Yeah, but
2: he's yeah. it, but he's it, but he won MVP. Mahomes did one the MVP year. in his first yeah three. Well, years. His, so if he does, he, yeah. he could do this in his first. Three yeah,
0: years. yeah, I'm going to bet against that. But you know, uh, I get it, man. Like the dude has been very surprising.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. Mike Evans also has now recorded uh, another a thousand yard receiving uh, season, nine straight for Mike Evans that ties him for I the did, second s- most I did consecutive. See that, I mean. Yes, behind... Jerry Rice. Yeah, behind Jerry Rice. Yeah, um, and now I wanted to see if you can name all the guys that have had nine seasons of 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, there are there is seven of them, including the two that you just named.
0: And so there's only five more? Yeah, there's five
2: left, yeah. Okay.
0: You can let Charles get in on this as well, because... Get in on this, Charles. I mean, as, Don't a, look Vakin- as my, a Vikings my answers fan, right here. I'm just going to guess that Randy Moss is probably on this Randy list. Randy Moss Nine so se- I, I wouldn't guess Randy Moss had
1: nine seasons. Oh, he, has rem- he has ten.
0: Doesn't remotely surprise me. Jerry <laughs> Rice has fourteen. <laughs> what about Chris
1: Carter? Chris
2: Carter only has eight. That, he sucks. <laughs>
0: that only bum.
2: Eight. What a loser. <laughs> Terrell Owens. Yes, Terrell Owens has nine. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Yes, he does. He has nine. That was a good one. Uh,
5: mm-hmm.
2: Julio. Not Julio. He also. He only has seven. Reggie Wayne. Uh, Wayne is also his eight.
0: Marvin Harrison.
2: Not Marvin Harrison. Isaac Bruce. Not Isaac Bruce. Sure, we'll finish. Tory
0: Holt. Let's finish the...
2: Uh, not Torrey Holt. Um, Heinz Ward. These guys both played in the... Tim Brown. In, yes, Tim Brown is one of them. And this guy also played in the 90s uh, with the Jags in, into the early 2000s. Oh, Tina McArdle? No? Jimmy Smith. Yes, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy
0: Smith had nine, nine seasons. And yet, nobody ever talks about Jimmy Smith as a Hall of Famer. We saw Jimmy Smith up close and personal when the Ravens were in the division with the Jaguars. Dude, that guy was a monster. Like, no one ever brings up Jimmy Smith as a Hall of Fame caliber receiver.
2: 9,000-yard season. Nine, yard seasons. Nine of 10 years, he had 1,000 yards. That one year that he didn't, in 2003, he had 800. That is wild, man. Like, that is really, really wild.
0: All right, good stuff. Um... A was also brought to you today by, or just a reminder, how about that instead, The gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. And remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Tubular is brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. It's your final week to take advantage of. Saving $100 when you use the code TAILGATE at Ginsugrills.com. Save $100 when you use the code TAILGATE at Ginsugrills.com. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. No local teams in action, so no excuse. Oh, by the way, uh, just got word on who Tyus Bowser's guest is for tonight. That would be one Kyle Hamilton that will be joining Tyus Bowser tonight at Guilford Hall Brewery, which is a pretty big deal. Raven's number one pick, uh, and obviously who has been having an exceptional season. Kyle Hamilton will be joining Tyus Bowser this evening at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue. In Station North, come out and join us 7 o'clock tonight. Seems like that would be a really good one for you to be there, the uh, season finale of the Tyus Bowser Show. And if you can't make it, you can watch it at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. You can also listen to it over the course of the week and Friday night on 105.7 The Fan. Big Ten Hoops tonight on ESPN, Michigan State, Wisconsin at 7. Big Ten Network for Illinois, Nebraska at 9. The rest of the college basketball you can find at glennclarkradio.com. TNT's got Thunder Heat at 7.30. Suns Warriors at 10 o'clock. Hopefully I'm back home in time for that one. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Devils Hurricanes at 7. Panthers Avalanche at 9.30. Non-sports, oh, the Golden Globes are
2: tonight, right? Yes, the Golden Globes hosted by Gerard Carmichael. Okay. So you can DVR those so you can watch them. There's a lot of back, controversy
0: with the Golden sure. Globes a couple years ago and so I, I don't know where we are with all of that. So the was,
2: 80th Annual Golden Globes. They did not
0: air the Golden Globes on television last year because there was so much controversy surrounding the Really Golden what was Globes. it on Peacock? It what? was not on. There was no like there was no ceremony. No. Oh. Like they just mm. ga- they just announced them basically who the winners were last year.
2: Uh well that's one that's pretty much the uh, I mean thing. like they
0: they found out that literally every voting member of the Hollywood Foreign Press was white. And everybody was like, that's not gonna work. And yeah. so they had to like go through and basically reconfigure the entire organization to like figure out that hey, maybe that was a huge problem. A huge issue. Maybe you need to have some non white voters would probably be a good way to go about doing that. Jesus yeah. Christ. That's really Imagine existing as a major organization for all those youth and like never bothering to look around and be like, huh. You know what's weird? Awful lot of us are white. <laughs> oh, it's all of us. Well, that's strange. Of course, NFL coaches do that sometimes, too. They're like, Look around. I saw somebody, the Eric Bieniemy was the favorite to be the, the new coach, of the, the betting favorite to be the new Texans coach. Come on, dude. If you're Eric Biennium, you can't take that job, right?
2: Like, I mean, you, gotta, you, you got to – You y- can't you look – You can get your quarterback probably But you in can't the draft.
0: look at what's happened the last couple of years and think right. that it's a good idea to take that job. Yeah, There's just no way, if I'm Eric Biennium, that I could – Like, I get it. There's only so many jobs that are available and all that. But, like, come on, man. How do you do that? How do you do that? I was looking at some of the betting favorites that were sent to me yesterday. Uh, Harbaugh was the betting favorite in Denver, which is weird.
2: I, I, Hang on a second. I, I got to pull it back I up. mean – uh. I don't know how anyone... That's I mean, sort of it, where an NFL, I... It's an NFL coaching job, so... That's
0: it's, it's the awkward part about right. it. And, like, weirdly, once Nathaniel Hackett was gone, Russell Wilson actually kind of looked okay the last couple
1: games of the year. So do you just put it all on Nathaniel Hackett and blame him, or...? <laughs> I think they had the right idea going, like, a younger coach just picked the wrong coach. Like... Take the Vikings for example. They did something very similar to the Broncos. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell. That one worked out. Whatever. It it did.
2: It worked out. Significantly. Ravens fans want it as uh, the OC now. Is that one?
1: well? There's word that he like the Packers <laughs> would
0: maybe oh, the be interested bring in bringing him back, which like could make sense to me. Like I could see that. The, um, that could keep Rodgers around. I yeah, mean. potentially. Yeah, I mean, I they they kind of have to keep Rodgers around because we looked at those numbers. Like, they're, they're it would cost them a lot, especially the not. way
1: the season ended. Like. They had a choice. They could have either played Rodgers and went for the playoffs or played Love and knew what they had at quarterback. And they chose not to do that. So now they kind of have to stick with Rodgers because they still don't know about Love. Whew.
2: Man.
0: Man. I'm trying to pull this up. I'm trying to find these betting favorites because I, I got an email about it yesterday, and of course I lost it. Um, oh, excuse me. Um, Who's the Chargers' favorite? Well, they haven't fired their coach yet, but Well. Like I know,
6: well. I know you're
0: convinced, and I understand it, but they have not fired their coach. Damn it. No,
2: I can't find it. This is going to drive me nuts. This is going to drive me nuts. John right. and Little Rock uh, did chime in earlier. He said that beans, p- beans popsicles sound delicious.
0: Oh, what is wrong with you, John and Little Rock? Ah, That makes me question you more than some of the other things that you've shared opinion-wise this year. <laughs> all right, um, I feel like there was a, oh, did you see the uh, giveaways for the Orioles? Oh, this I season? did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Adley Adley Captain, Captain America. America bobblehead looks dope as hell.
2: That looks so dope. i doing an Eddie Murray 1983 one. World Series. Bobblehead. Yeah, that's a cool. That's a cool idea. I like that.
0: I like I that. Like Maltista bobblehead? Yeah, there's some. Uh, they're doing a Mount Castle bobblehead this year as well. I think there's some good. And I saw like there was gonna be an Orioles purple pride jersey at some point. Yeah. So uh, all those June 24th.
2: Are,
0: I'm interested in those. I I admit I am still I, like I realize that. It makes me a Rube, but I don't care. I'm a Rube. Deal with it. I'm just a Rube. I
2: That's still, I it still look at all these dates and I'm like, all right, so yeah. Got to go that weekend. I,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, probably do. Uh, or I have to ask somebody to take care of it for me. That's the way it'll go. All right, uh, Tubular was also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com offers. You can cash in on the Ravens-Bengals primetime wildcard game. Go to PressBoxOnline.com offers. Sign up and bet $20 with Caesars Sportsbook and automatically get $100 in additional free bets. Just bet $20 and get another $100 to play with. Go to PressBoxOnline.com offers now to start winning. Uh, thanks today to Biff Pogey. Thanks also to Bryant McKinney and to Patrick Stevens. We'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the Oh my God, it's so good. tab at Radio.com On the program tomorrow, very random, Mike Lupica and James Patterson, world-famous novelists, are going to join us tomorrow. They have co-authored a book, which I am going to have to try to read a little bit of today because I haven't had a chance yet to read any of it. Um, but we will talk to Mike Lupica and James Patterson on the program tomorrow, which is a weird sentence. Um, Drew's going to join us I'm assuming anything else? Stuff, stuff and, things? Things, stuff yeah, and, stuff and things, things on the program tomorrow, very good thanks to everybody at Pressbox all of our great sponsors and partners including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Maryland Jockey Club, Great 8's memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all new Ginsu Kamado Grill UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer buyatoyota.com, Charles what's your social where can people follow you?
1: Instagram, Charles A.P. twenty-eight. Very
0: good, because he's a huge Adrian Peterson fan. That was he was that was Indeed. his guy. That's as a kid.
1: Dude. Uh now, you know, he's just doing retired things. And and yeah, correct. It's, <laughs> it's
0: a little embarrassing. Yes. It's yeah, a little embarrassing. All right. Uh thank you for your uh, your hard work. Griffin, of course, at Griffin underscore bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go, nobody in particular, come see us, Tyus Bowser and Kyle Hamilton the night at Guilford Hall Brewery. Duke sucks coming up next, simply the bets. Welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass with you. In just a second, we'll head out to Vegas, catch up with our buddy Aaron Oster. Then we will head into the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Chat with our friend Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook. No, they had a very eventful weekend, the final weekend of the NFL regular season, the college football playoff championship, and the Gervonta Davis fight was a busy weekend to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Another great week to be there for playoff action this weekend. Saturday, the Ravens aren't playing. You can just sort of camp out, spend the day, maybe make a weekend of it, get a room. Hang out in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland all weekend for playoff football. Reserve your spot by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Let's check in out in Vegas. Our buddy Aaron Oster from the Circa is with us once again here on Simply the Bets. Aaron, good morning, my friend. How you doing? Oh, Oh, you hit the wrong button there, Griffin. Let's hit a different button instead. Let's try that. Aaron, Good morning. Good morning, how are you, That one works better. I like that one much better. <laughs> What's going on, pal? Everything good?
7: Everything's good, actually. Shockingly, because normally it really uh, screws me up. I had a great uh, last
9: weekend in the NFL season and then had a good college uh, football playoff. Well, I look at you.
0: I, I, I had a good college football playoff mixed bag on the final weekend of the NFL regular season. My heavy hit was the Steelers. I was all over that one. So, Mm-hmm. That felt pretty good. I did not get that line, which always makes me nervous when I don't understand the line, but it uh, worked all right for me. Worked all right. Um let's go back. Obviously, it's 2 weeks ago was the last time we chatted with Aaron. There's a lot to uh, lot to cover uh because we got to the end of the NFL regular season. So from 2 weeks ago, few things that uh that 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 were pointed out by our friend Aaron. One, that was uh that was good. Ravens Steelers under 36. Probably the most obvious under in the history of football. (laughs) 29 points in that game. Uh, USC, he said, was going to be a loser against Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. And damn right they were. Uh, It did not make sense because USC was cruising in that game. But ultimately, Tulane uh, provides a stunning comeback and wins the game outright. Now, you did try to have some fun with a parlay of Justin Fields over 100 rush yards, Amon Ross St. Brown over 100 receiving yards, You got the half of it that you probably wouldn't have expected you were going to get if you only get (laughs) a half of it. You got Justin Fields but didn't get a Monra saint Brown. And then uh, you're over in the Holiday Bowl. Not only didn't hit, it it didn't come close uh, between Oregon and North Carolina. So you missed out on your love bet. Now, uh, Griffin has sent me all sorts of updates. Oh, (laughs) jeez. All sorts Uh, of updates.
7: Lots of losers, I'm sure. (laughs)
0: Yep. Now, for what it's worth... You got bailed out on David Montgomery under 825.5 rush yards because he only needed 56 yards to hit the over this week, but he only got 24, so you got bailed out on that one. That one was a Never a doubt. Some other hits. Uh, You had the Patriots over 8.5 wins or to make the playoffs as a loser, and they flirted with it on Sunday, but ultimately you got that one. You had Bailey Zappi as Offensive Rookie of the Year. Boy, what a world we were living in on October 25th. (laughs) You had uh, Bailey Zappi winning Offensive Rookie of the Year as a loser as well, so that that was good. Uh, You had the Eagles as the number one seed in the NFC on September 27th at plus 175. That was a nice one. That's very Mm -hmm. good. Um, A question about this one. You also had the Eagles to have the best record at plus 150, Does it count that they finish tied with the Chiefs? Do you get to count that as a hit? Uh,
7: I I don't know what FanDuel's rules are, but I assume I I I, I, I understand. understand. Honestly, I would assume it's a hit. All right.
0: All right. All right. Uh, You had the Eagles plus 240 to win the NFC East all the way back in this spring. That's a great one. Um, yeah. You had Jalen Hurts as plus 2,500 to win the NFL MVP. That's not likely to hit, unfortunately. That's prob- Oh, as a loser. Got it. You had that as a loser. Thank you. You had that as a loser. So that, that's going to work out because Patrick Mahomes almost certainly will win. Uh, some of these other ones, yeah. though, not great. Uh, Dolphins yeah. over eight and a half wins as a loser. Yeah. No. They got there. They sneaked it out by the, uh, the skin of their teeth. Uh, Derek Carr at plus 1,200 to have the most passing yards in the NFL. Oh, no.
7: No, <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. no. Uh, you had uh, Alabama or Georgia to win the college football playoff championship as a loser. Yes,
7: yeah. I, I did. I did say that that one was more about I don't like the, the double like pick which one. But yeah. well, yeah. yeah, it was. A I lo- also didn't like Georgia, so yeah, that was
0: that. That was bad. Uh, you had the Saints to win the NFC South at plus three hundred back on September sixth. Yeah. yeah, Micah Parsons to win NFL MVP as a long <laughs> shot, which I told you was crazy. The Jets to make yeah. the playoffs uh, as a long term bet at minus at, at negative money. In fact, you like that uh, on November 15th eek. I eek. Mm. Uh, said not to bet the Giants to make the playoffs just on December 6th. Oh, boy. Uh, like the Packers, is the 13-1 uh, odds to win the Super Bowl back in May. And James Cook to yeah. win NFL Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Cam Akers is a Comeback Player of the Year.
7: <laughs> hey, if it, if it was Comeback from the beginning of the season... Yeah, get, was, it yeah at the end man. of the year, he
0: looked like a football player again. I don't know why they didn't just play him during the course of the year. Just goofy as hell. Uh, apparently, you told Griffin
2: that um, he should bet Iowa-Kentucky as the right. lowest-scoring I, bowl I brought it up, and I asked Aaron's opinion, and okay. he approved. So Look at that. Yeah, that so we hit on that. that, that. worked
0: out. Yeah. 21 total mm-hmm. points in the Iowa-Kentucky game, which just eked out Maryland-NC State as the lowest-scoring mm-hmm. bowl game. So Griffin got that. And Griffin won our bowl contest. So look at that.
7: Look I look saw that. Congratulations, that. Griffin. Thank you, Aaron.
0: All right let's get into it for the week. the five Ls of sports betting a local bet, a long term, a long shot, a, lo- a loser and a lovable bet for the week. where are we beginning locally
7: um look I, you know it's playoffs are starting everyone we've gotten past college football everyone's just focusing on it, so I will do the same. I will do an all NFL uh, simply the bets and locally obviously we have the Ravens, which of course annoys me because this game is really hard to bet right now. It's very
0: difficult, Uh, yes. You would like to get to tomorrow and see who's on the practice field.
7: See who's on the practice field, and I'd like to see some of these props. I have a feeling this game I actually might like to bet prop-wise, but nothing is up quite yet. Uh, I was scouring through FanDuel last night, and I actually did like the over two-and-a-half touchdowns for the Bengals. It was at minus 140 last night. Unfortunately, it's moved to three, and I think all the value is gone. But keep your eye out on that. If that's something that bounces up and down, if it goes back down to two and a half, I would say play it. Uh, As it stands right now, I will say I do like the Bengals a little bit at six and a half. Uh, The best way to play this spread might be just to tease aside, whether it's the Bengals down to virtually a pick, Ravens up to 12 and a half. But I think at this point, I think it's fair to question what the offense looks like Obviously, without Lamar, and then even with Lamar, after all this time out, time off, you you gotta wonder exactly what will the offense look like in the best case scenario for the team. If this offense isn't up to speed, uh, I think the Bengals can cover the six and a half. I think if they announce that Lamar is out, I think this line moves way up towards the Bengals. And I think if Lamar is playing, I don't think this line moves all that much. It might move down to six, five and a half, something like that, but I don't think it's going to significantly move. So I feel comfortable, especially if you like the Bengals, taking the six and a half right now. I don't think you're going to regret that on Sunday. So give me the Bengals minus six and a half.
0: So I think the big yeah to your point, like the biggest thing about this is I think that like the books have all kind of already admitted that if it if it becomes clear it's Tyler Huntley, this number would go above seven, right? It's, yes. And if yeah. you know like. I, I, I do think that what, what do you think the number ends up being if, like, by Thursday there's confirmation that it's Lamar Jackson? What do you think the number is?
7: I don't think it gets below five. I agree with like, that. It, it might, yeah, and then that's why I, I like this number right now because I think there's no risk in taking it. There's no difference between, there's very little difference between, like, six and a half and five. If you take it, they announce he plays. Oh, no, you get a slightly worse number, but it's not going through really any key numbers. But if it's Huntley and you wait on this one, again, if you like the Bengals, right? um, this number is going up. This number could end up, you know, we we saw the 9.5. Obviously, there was a lot going on there in Week 18, but it could end up around there, and you will regret uh, not jumping on it now. To your point, it'll be
0: more than a touchdown, which is the relevant part of this. Yeah, It will go up over a touchdown, wherever there's a chance you have to get it at a touchdown right now. I am not comfortable betting this game at all, and I, I don't think that will even change... When like when if Lamar Jackson plays, I won't be the only thing that would make me comfortable betting this game is if we get the Tyler Huntley. And then, to your point, I would probably start looking at some of those props and things like that and maybe going under on the Ravens team total or something along those lines. Like mm-hmm. I, I just i I am it's a weird vibe that I have about this football game just because like the, some of the smart money folks that I've already touched base with, they love the Ravens oddly. Like they, think that what the Ravens did defensively against the Bengals in Week 18 is kind of proof that they can beat the Bengals. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. like It's just very, very strange uh, what I'm feeling about this game. So I'm not feeling comfortable uh, with it at all. Let's go long-term. Let's go a futures bet that you like for this week.
7: You know, I think there's an opportunity here to play the 49ers with you know the uncertainty of if Jimmy G can come back after a week or two of the playoffs, Why would you? Uncertain-
0: and Why when the hell would they be thinking about playing Jimmy Garoppolo at this point?
7: I, I, I don't know, but, you know, it's out there. And, you know, there's still some uncertainty about exactly, you know, what is Brock Purdy. Um, I, I think the thing with the 49ers is take away the quarterback, which obviously you can't do. It's the quarterback. But just play with me for a second here. Uh, the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. Can we agree on that? With again, taking away the quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I, so I mean, like
0: it, that's I Brock, feel like that's a little disrespectful to the Eagles just because like they are very deep. Like they are a very good, they, very team. They are deep good. They, they are a good team. And they are I, not I, I Yeah, I mean yeah. they're I, I hear you. I get it.
7: Yeah. My my point is because of the uncertainty around the quarterback position, whether it's who it is, whether it is who exactly is Brock Purdy because I, I think most of us are still unsure about this um i think there's value on the 49ers right now i think they should at least be co-favorites um they are the uh, second favorite right now behind the eagles between home field advantage and, and all the quarterback
1: uh,
7: um that's and that's, i, I that's
0: it, that's apparently changed
7: oh it's moved a little bit
0: it, um, talking, are you talking about super bowl odds or just conference odds just conference odds. Just conference odds, you're right. For some reason, their Super Bowl odds are dead even with the Eagles. Uh,
7: it, I, I think that kind of makes, sort of makes sense, is okay. that they, if they get to the Super Bowl, if they kind of prove themselves, I think the, the general opinion, and then if you look at you know power rankings uh, from bookmakers, from you know, the wise guys, they do have the 49ers as, again, healthy, being better than the Eagles. So if they make it to the Super Bowl, kind of prove themselves, I think they think okay. that the 49ers would be, but okay. I, I think that's where it, why that's the way okay. basically. basically. Um, I think I had actually on the show given out the 49ers a few weeks ago, so I won't just say 49ers again, though I will say if you don't have a 49ers ticket, I think that's a pretty good ticket to ha- go in and get right now at plus 200. But I'm going to look at the uh, Super Bowl matchup props, and I, I think there's value on the 49ers really against your AFC team of choice, and to me it's the Bills. Mm-hmm. So I, I would take the 49ers Bills at plus 800 to be the Super Bowl matchup. But obviously, if you like the Chiefs, if you like the Bengals, those are you know the three AFC teams people are playing around a lot. I, I don't have any problems with those bets at all. So my official long-term play is uh, 49ers Bills Super Bowl at plus 800. All
0: right, I like it. I like it. I mean, I, it's a it's that's a good long-term play. I I don't feel great about it, but I like I like the idea. And those are probably the two teams that I like the most right now going into the playoffs. What about your long shot? Um, what is the underdog that you like the most this week?
7: Uh, once again, I'm going to go through these weekly specials and FanDuel for my long shots. and Most of them I really don't like uh, this week. There's a lot of ones that either provide no value or just kind of silly and probably aren't going to happen. But there's one that is a long shot. I, I have to stress this. But uh, I think there might be some value there, and that's in the Vikings-Giants game. There is a... Uh, parlay uh, the special that daniel jones rushes for 50 yards which he's done in six games this season and he's come close a couple of other times and then paired with that is patrick peterson getting an interception and not only does he have five interceptions this year he's picked off daniel jones earlier this very day. specific what a
0: very yeah, specific play yeah
7: it's very strange it's 15 to one at those sort of odds I actually kind of like that, and I can absolutely see it playing out that way, where in the first half, Daniel Jones is scrambling from that defensive front a little bit. He's getting the rush yards, and then later in the game, he has to throw one up, and Patrick Peterson gets it. 15-1, okay. to one. Okay. that's a fun long shot. Okay. Um,
0: I, I have no idea what to feel about this bet whatsoever. Like, none. Zero idea what to feel about it. Sure, why not? Right? Let's have some fun. I'll, I'll, I'll be with you. I, it is. Boy, I have no clue. I have no clue how I feel about that bet. Aaron Oster is with us from the Circa out in Vegas. Uh, let's get to the loser, the one that you say, whatever you do, do not make this bet. Uh,
7: you know, I, I know I had talked earlier this year about fading the Chargers, and that came back to bite me in the second half of the season, but I really don't like this team going into the playoffs. Um, they could win this game, first game against the Jaguars, but I think that betting them as a favorite is a mistake. I think that when it all said and done, it wouldn't shock me if the Jaguars end up being the favorite in this one. Uh, I would not bet them as a favorite. And even if they win, I, I think they're going to get stomped in the divisional round. So I, I'll say with them, winning the AFC is my official loser, but I think playing them really at any point in this postseason is a mistake. Any game, so. even, even this week. I, I would not I would not play them, and I, I am probably going to find a way to play the Jaguars. Wow. All
0: right. Um, I hear you, and what happened in Week 18 is alarming. Like, it is so yeah. alarming that you tried, you got your players hurt, and you lost to a bad team anyway. Like, that yeah. is alarming. That said, the Jaguars were not overly oppressive uh in week 18 either i don't i don't have a feel for that game just yet either like i probably give a slight lean to the jaguars just because they're at home but i i i i don't know i don't know i'm i'm in a weird place with that particular game I, i i get not having overall faith in the chargers um but should the jaguars be one and a half point dogs at home i don't think so you know, ah, boy. i, I got to think about that one a little bit more. And then the one that yeah. you love. Give me uh, give me the one that you say make immediately uh, plans to go bet this.
4: It, this one's a
7: little bit of a wacky one, but um, I, I found a set I really liked, which is in the wild card round of the playoffs. So the, the history of the NFL with the wild card. A home favorite of 10 or more has never lost outright. So I'm playing around on mm. FanDuel and trying to figure out how can mm. I go ahead and play that. I found that... Of all sort of points. A 9.3 team teaser is minus 115. That's how much it costs on FanDuel. So, what I'm going to do is take the 49ers down to minus one, the Bills down to minus one and a half. And then for that third team, I'll, say, I'll go back to what I just said for the loser. I'll take the Jaguars up to plus 10 and a half. So, you get those three lines at minus 115. That's my favorite play.
0: I'm doing the I'm I'm doing I'm putting in in right now yeah three teams so the 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 Niners minus ten to minus one the Bills yeah. minus ten and a half to minus one and a half and the Jaguars plus one and a half to plus ten and a half and yeah. that gets you to minus one fifteen um I don't I definitely don't hate it <laughs> like I'm, I I definitely don't hate it I don't. I, I guess the only thing that holds it up is there's some bizarre world where Tua Tungavailoa comes back and, you know, lights the world on fire. I I don't see it.
7: Sure, but, like, that's why I like getting all the, you know, like the the normal six-point teaser would take it down to four and a half. And if yeah. Tua plays, you know, the three-point, yeah, when I'm just basically betting on the Bills to win, like,
0: you right. Yeah, I hear you. you. Know. I hear you. I. I don't hate it, man. I don't hate it at all. I don't hate it even a little bit. All right, very good. Uh, tell everybody what's going on at the Circa. Uh,
7: you know, obviously, if you're in Maryland, go to the FanDuel Sportsbook in Maryland Live. If you're coming out to Vegas at any point, you've got to go to Circa if you're a sports fan. World's largest sportsbook. We have Stadium Swim. Obviously, throughout the playoffs, we're going to have a rowdy crowd. You should have seen Week 18, even though a lot of the games were relatively meaningless, wild crowd, and had some wild scenes with our uh, contest, potential contest winners. In town, and then obviously NFL championship madness coming up in March. No better place to be for a sports fan than circus. So come on out.
0: I noticed there were some words that you didn't uh, say in there that you're not allowed to say, I guess. That is well done. <laughs> well done from a yep. PR standpoint to avoid words you're not allowed to say. All right. At the AOster on Twitter is how you follow them. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Hope
7: everyone has their bets.
0: That's Aaron Oster from the Circa out in Vegas. When we come back in, we head into the FanDuel Sportsbook at Life Casino and Hotel Maryland. Leon Twyman, the general manager, standing by to tell you what's going on down there. It is simply the bets.
6: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop it. The latest edition of Press Box is
12: available now, and it's our annual best-of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 MoGaba Sportsperson of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition
0: tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today
13: that first sip that first bite Mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms.
9: What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Greg Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Or is it Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 105.7 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at pressboxonline.com bowser.
0: The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, January 10th at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill.
3: Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Findle Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and v Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline.
8: Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest and I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark.
0: All right, back in here on Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Maryland It's the best place for you to be for playoff football this weekend. Every game you can watch and bet in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel again. Email events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve your spot for the playoff weekend. And right now, we head down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, where our friend Leon Twyman is standing by. He is the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook. Leon, what's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, good. How's it going? Everything is all right, man. I'm imagining it was probably quite the wild weekend in the FanDuel Sportsbook with so much going on these last few days.
11: Oh, we just had just an absolute madhouse in here um, all weekend.
13: Yeah, between,
0: <laughs> between the, the football, the fights, the championship game, all of it, lot
11: going on.
0: Uh, all right, let's let's get to it. How was the weekend for the book?
11: Uh, so we we ended up losing over the weekend. Okay, but um, when you factor in the entire week together, we were up a little bit but definitely a weekend for the betters,
0: for what, sure. What cost you this weekend?
11: Uh, <laughs> Dallas was uh, mm. was just a huge upset, as as you know, but you don't really care about that part of it.
0: <laughs> I am, um, um, I you know, I, like, I, it doesn't hurt me in any way. <laughs> but it's weird because yeah. I would think, don't you normally say the money normally comes in on Dallas?
11: Yes, yes. So um,
0: so what happened this weekend? I would have thought it would have been a good thing for you guys that Dallas was a loser.
11: No, it's um it was it was really weird because everyone started taking uh commanders. I, I don't know why. Huh. huh. Um because if, if you would have looked at the line, the line was weird anyway. So I I always tell myself too, because any time like I don't bet Dallas a lot when I bet personally. Um because when I do, they end up losing, so their are five <laughs> losses. I literally bet those games.
5: <laughs> How about that? Uh,
11: but the, the the if you looked at the odds and the spread it was it was really weird, so they're, they're only paying about seven and a half, and I believe the money line was minus three fifty. Um, it was a really weird combination, so we just had people hammering. Um wow. The commanders. Wow, man,
0: that was all, for a lot of people. That was a game that they thought for sure, like they could comfortably <laughs> bet uh, the Cowboys. Wow, that's I. That I'm a little bit surprised by that. Um,
11: I, yeah, it, it was. It was pretty crazy.
0: I normally would have thought that a weekend where the Ravens lost and failed to cover and the cow, I would have thought this would have been a good weekend for you guys in the book based on everything you've told me. So this is kind of a, a, a crazy thing. What else? What else jumped out over the weekend as being uh, places where you guys got hits?
11: Uh, so, NFL, obviously, was the big one. We had a couple NBA games that that got us, but the, uh, some of the fights, we actually had some pretty decent money uh, on the boxing this weekend, and obviously with Gervonta Davis, everybody which, was just Which makes him. sense,
0: but it's just like the odds were so brutal for betting Gervonta this weekend, right? Like, it, they were just so blunt. Even, like, betting him to win by knockout, specifically, was like minus three hundred or something like that. I had to build a parlay in order to get that to reasonable money with Gervonta by knockout in a couple of NFL games, which I I did hit by the way. Pat on my own shoulder. Uh, but like, I, I I I'm surprised there was that much money in on Gervonta given where the odds were.
11: Right. Yeah. So people obviously are going to hammer. We ha- I mean, we had people come in and and put twenty dollars on his money line to. To get back two dollars or something so crazy. Weird. That's so <laughs> weird,
0: right? Like, why make? The, I mean, I get uh, but, it. He won. Like, it's two dollars. <laughs> you got it. Yeah,
11: it's it, it's kind of weird. But uh, but the the best way to make money, uh, well, that you could have made money with that fight was just round betting. I mean, that that was the only really real way to make money on that fight.
0: And and people did that.
11: Yeah, we did have people do that. So, well, man, I. Uh, it was and it was a madhouse in here. I mean, again, you know, I told you before yep. about our previous fight with him, but this fight, I mean, it was just shoulder to shoulder the entire night and it was like a like a Super Bowl.
0: What's weird about that is I would have predicted more people to a bet early rounds, like just because of the matchup, just because of the opponent. Like I would have expected more people to bet it in like the first six rounds. So the fact that there was everybody was in on the late rounds, he went to, went to nine before he got the knockout. That is kind of wild to me. That is kind of wild. All right. Well, a new week, new opportunities, obviously, for you guys. It's playoff week. Um, What do people need to know about what's going on in the FanDuel Sportsbook this week?
11: So for this week, um, again, just book those seats because we're going to fill up in here, especially with these um, playoff games and whatnot coming in. But uh, we still do have the live MD promo. Uh, if you sign up for mobile for new users, you get the up to a thousand dollars and no sweat bet. Um, and then also, I do have some bad news to break to you. Oh no! Um, we, yeah, we will not have Ed Reed here on the. I seconds. was I I
0: was afraid of that after he took the job down at Bethune Cookman that it probably was going to end up working out that way. I'm sorry, that's a bummer yeah. for you guys. Uh, exciting opportunity for him, but a bummer for you guys. So that uh, I yeah you know, I meant to ask you about that last week when we got that news, um and and you guys uh, the deadline did pass for the Super Bowl bets as well, correct? Yes,
11: yes. Yeah, so those so. are done and over with. Um, but again, we do have the uh, the no free or the no sweat free bet up to a thousand. And if you use that, that live MD promo, you actually do get uh fifty dollars in self comp for the uh casino as well.
0: All right. Anything in particular that stood out? Any any kind of crazy wins or crazy losses from the past week?
11: Oh, we had uh we had someone last night actually on uh, Georgia dropped sixty six thousand on Georgia. Well they, <laughs> they, they eked it out. <laughs> they
0: eked What was it was it Georgia outright? Was it Georgia on the money? Like what was the
11: He did. uh, He actually did an alternate spread. It was Georgia minus eight and a half. Okay. well, they they, so. His return on that. Yeah, his return on it was 90,000. I
0: mean, again, so he only actually won twenty four thousand, but still he won twenty four (laughs) thousand dollars like that's uh, that's real money. That's real money to be walking out with anybody else that was a big winner or a big loser this week.
11: Uh, big losers. We had a uh, we had a couple uh, I figure wagers lose. Uh, there was a couple ten thousand dollar bets on NFL that lost, um, which Dallas was the cause of that loss. And we had I believe there was a twenty thousand dollar twenty four thousand dollar bet that that lost, and then we also had a twenty five thousand dollar parlay turn into seventy five thousand.
0: Wait, th- th- a twenty five thousand dollar parlay hit for tw- seventy five thousands.
11: Yes. What was in that? Oh, it was just ridiculous. I, I believe it was, I don't remember all the teams, so it was like eight legs, but it was all alternate spread, so they were like really Jesus. high favorites. Okay. I think there was like so, some minus 900 and okay. stuff like that in there.
0: So you just throw a bunch of them in together. It's still There's still a lot of danger in that, right? Like you think you've done all the math and uh, I'm hitting this one, and then all it takes is one thing that like totally screws everything up, and you just lost $25,000, but –
6: not in this case.
0: <laughs> they were able to hit it. All right, Leon Twyman, uh, appreciate you, my friend. Uh, enjoy the week. We will talk to you next week as we start inching closer to uh, the Super Bowl and uh, more big weekends to come in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Thank you, as always.
11: Yes. Have a good one, man. So going be excited.
0: That's Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's get uh, some tidbits before we wrap up. Griffin likes to uh, compile some of the big storylines in sports betting from the week and share them with us Griffin what jumps out at you for this week
2: um there was a couple uh, couple solid wins especially with uh, the NFL season ending um obviously the one that stands out most is Mattress Mac lost 3 million dollars on TCU money line uh, of course last night um but i think he'll be able to bounce back is oh, what yeah, everyone's saying i just feel dreadful yeah. for that guy just awful i mean what what will that guy ever do um. Someone hit a 300-1 to one, uh, parlay that was, um. this is why Charles was talking about the Gophers over, over the break, uh, it was Justin Jefferson to lead the league in receiving, Mahomes okay. to lead the league in passing, and then the Minnesota Gophers to have over 7.5 wins.
0: It's <laughs> Such a random. It is. It what is. A, what <laughs> but, a random. <laughs> but
2: it, it got you some pretty long odds, and they put two fifty on it and won seventy three k.
0: Give me the numbers. It was ju- ju- Patrick Mahomes to
2: and to lead the league in passing and Jefferson to yeah. lead the league in. Uh, I mean, Those are pretty.
0: Like it's funny you say that, right? Yeah. Because the fact that that's that long of odds That two fifty turned into what? What was the number?
2: Uh, 73, 73. It doesn't. 000. That doesn't feel right. It, to yeah. Me. <laughs> like they it, had. They had a parlay right, boost bring, on it as Charles
1: well. Bring Charles back in. I feel like the only thing that would be in question is as Justin Jefferson. Just Jefferson like, yeah.
0: I mean, that's interesting. It's really interesting that that was that paid off that well. But hey, because eight
1: wins in college is like. <laughs> I
5: mean, uh, game, it know? was.
0: It was. It's weird it's, how, it it was was sh- especially in the West, right? Like when you yeah. don't have to play all the big dogs. Yeah, when you're not in the
1: Big Ten East, and you right. don't have yeah. play right. Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State back to right. back to back. I Correct.
2: Think, I, I think it had to do with the way it was set up too, because like the bet was like Jefferson and Mahomes had to win. Like, had to lead well, the league. If it was pass a parlay, me. they would all have to. Well, yeah, but, like, the way it was set up was, like, I guess they couldn't cash out if, like, it looked like Mahomes was doing well or something. Oh, But it, for that- some reason, it was plus 8,000 is how they got Mahomes and Jefferson to both lead. Okay. In their respective He's categories. Either way, they made 73K, so they're yeah. pretty happy. I bet they were. <laughs> yeah. uh, someone lost out on uh, $2,500 uh, on the Jets-Dolphins game. They had a correct score, uh, Dolphins 9, Jets 6. And then it, of course, ended with a safety And the Dolphins winning eleven to six. Yep. So they put seven dollars down. They would have won two and a half k. Oh god, that's brutal. Spread was also Jets plus three and a half. So a lot of people. Oh yeah. And If anyone was on the Jets, yeah, it was a. It was a pretty awful way
0: for the game to end. Could have. It looked Uh, like it was actually a touchdown for a second. (laughs) So like, but I mean, it was what a brutal way for that to go up in smoke.
2: Yes. Um, and then. Someone had a division winner's parlay. Just imagine watching the game with that guy and like how <laughs> like celebratory we it, they we were. It. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then, oh, God. Uh, division winner's parlay. They went eight for eight on all their divisions. And I think it, it must have been played sometime in June because like they, they got the Eagles at plus 200. They got uh, the Jags at plus 700. So it was definitely before the season started. And they put $27 on it. That paid out at 113000 on a 8-for-8 wow. division winners. Wow. I mean, that's amazing,
0: mm-hmm. right? Like, it's amazing to go 8-for-8 eight eight on division winners, but wow, man. I had to go back and take a look at the... Uh, we didn't do predictions, did we? No, I don't think we did. I think I did them over on 105.7, mm-hmm. so I have to have assign somebody to go back and take a look at that at that point.
2: Uh, someone else also, also had a division winners parlay, except they had the Titans. Oh! And they had $50 on it, and it would have paid out ninety k. Oh! And uh they, they didn't cash out no they did not cash they could have cashed out going into Saturday night uh before the Titans Jags game at nine for nine thousand dollars
0: I get it like there was mm-hmm. no hope in the Titans at all but I would think that at some point during the game when the jag when the Titans were ahead, that number probably yeah. would have gone up. I right? don't know the
2: full story, but I know that before the game they could have No, I get that like because the, nobody yeah. thought
0: the Titans were going to win, but the Titans were ahead with the ball late in the game. I would have think yeah. that number probably would have been pretty Back dramatic. Now, I also get it. When the Titans are ahead with the ball late like, in the game, you're touch. not looking on cashing out, but like, damn, man, that's that stings. Oh, that stings.
2: Uh, someone got Brock Purdy uh, at Offensive Rookie of the Year. They put $150 on him when he was 200-1. to one. Uh so that would pay out 30k if uh if that if 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 he does somehow pull it off. Mm. I think he's currently yeah, I third. Think, I don't think that's happening. Behind Kenneth Walker. Yeah, it's not happening. It's I and and either. they don't
0: count the playoffs and no, voting. They don't. So, so he was like plus 400 I think Dunsky. when the season ended. Yeah.
2: But that maybe maybe some hope there, I don't know. Uh first basket parlays that you love uh they had so they had Wendell Carter for the Magic on, this was on Saturday night. They okay. had Wendell Carter Jalen Brown for the Celtics, uh, Nikola Vucevic for the Jazz, and then Patrick Beverly, who was the longest one. He was 14 to 1 to score the first basket in that respective game uh, for the Lakers. And those four combined were uh, paid out. So someone put $1 on it. They won 6.6K.
0: That's a pretty good way to spend a dollar. It is. Pretty it is. good
2: way to spend $1. Uh there was, it's not
0: and bad.
5: And uh, but you also
0: wonder how many other parlays they might have put in on first. Like, <laughs> if you're doing that, is that the only one you're playing? Like, did they yeah. play 30 different com- – I mean, still, if it's 30 different $1 tickets, whatever. Like,
2: how many combinations of first basket scores did you play there? And someone, of course, bet the Bills defense slash special teams to score two or more touchdowns. And they, of course, got two Nyheim Hines uh return kickoffs they put $25 on that and paid out $1,300 how about that how about that
0: all right very good very good thank you all right uh that'll be it for this week's simply the bets um this week is not a weekend at bookies week so we'll be back next week well probably two weeks from now two weeks from now for our next simply the bets i'll be away next week so two weeks from today for our next Simply the Bets. In the meantime, get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. May the odds be ever in your favor.